What's up, everybody? It's Mikey Sanchez, and I'm super excited to let you guys know that this week is episode 15, and we have Freddie Flores. Uh, and dude, check this out because it's probably been one of my favorites so far. Freddie's going to talk a little bit about his personal life, not only his radical conversion from not believing to becoming a believer, but also this this incredible trial that he went through as a believer and how God's really had fruit from his trial. And so it's a really cool one. Check it out. Hope you guys enjoy it as, half as much as I did. And uh, I'll see you guys soon. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Let's do it. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this afternoon that you give us to get together with our friend Freddie, with one another. I pray that you would just have your Holy Spirit lead and guide this conversation, Lord, that you would use it, Father, that we could learn from you, Lord God, through each other. I pray, Father, that we would just um, say things, Father, that are going to impact people's lives, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Redeem Amen. Podcast, episode 15. We have today, Freddie. What's up, brother? How you been, dude? Doing good, man. How you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> doing good, dude. Yeah, Freddie, for, com- <laughs> for those of you who follow Freddie, Freddie's Foods in the house. Hashtag Freddie's Foods. That's not, Wait, that hasn't been popping that out that much lately. Yeah, he does, he does do Freddie's Foods. Yeah, it's a little boring right now because I can't really eat you much. You haven't been eating much? Why not? Why haven't you been eating much? Because my coach hits my <laughs> <laughs> Your coach. Oh, what? dude. Yeah. I, so. I saw some <laughs> some posts of you yesterday hitting the. the what is that called, Sal? I, I don't know, dude. <laughs> it's called the speed bag. Bro. The speed bag, bro. <laughs> I saw you hitting the. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> he looked like a cat who was learning to swim. <laughs> the little arms. <laughs> That's cool. No, so when did you when did you when did you start boxing? What's up? We're good. You're good. Yeah, you're good. You're good. When did you start boxing? It's not boxing, just when did you start training? About two months ago. I got tricked into going. How did that happen? No, the guy goes, Hey, come down, check out my kids. And I went, he's all like, he's like, Oh, try to see if you can do some knee raises. I'm like, okay. He's okay, now give me 15. Huh? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, Yeah, bro, you didn't come here for nothing. So I started doing them and I just kept going back. Nice. So, so does he own this gym, your buddy? He, it's a private gym that he has inside his business. Uh huh. So it's pretty cool. Now, now people don't know this, dude, but you, there's a lot more. Like, okay, so like, there's a, <laughs> there's a bunch of things that you've like picked up, right? So, like, how old are you, first of all? Forty-one. Forty-one. And uh, recently, <laughs> like you had to guess that. He was like, "Wait For, a second. Forty-one. And you recently, not long ago, you were you learned to skateboard, right? I was learning how to skateboard. You were skateboarding. I saw you do like a kick some flip, bro. Stuff. I saw yeah, the kickflip. Kick <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, you didn't land it, but you flipped the board. I'm trying. <laughs> Why did you get into that? Actually, I met uh, my boy Tom, and he put a board together for me, and. Well, what's interesting is about the skateboard is that I've always struggled with um, <clears throat> with suicide. Ooh. But as I would pray, like, God, bring healing to my life because this, I don't like this. And I remember when Tom put the skateboard on, um, together for me, I'll go to work, 5 in the morning, be skating, and just trying to learn how to keep balance. But I noticed through that skateboard, God healed me from suicide thoughts. Dang. <sighs> And I was like, man, that's weird. But not only through that, but I be, I came across a good friend now. Mm, it's yeah. a brother. He's also Tom Rohr. Shout yeah. out Tom Rohr. He's actually somebody that we're looking <laughs> forward to getting on this podcast too. He's agreed that he he'd like to do it at some point. So shout out Tom yeah. Rohr. We, I think it's cool when um God does that in our lives. Like sometimes 
for me personally, like I think when I first got saved and I had to like separate from the world, uh, past relationship, um, he gave me the gym. So I started and that was like, I didn't know any Christians at the time. So I was just, he kind of sometimes allows us to have that little hobby, you know? I to, wish God would have gave me the gym. He gave me burgers. Jim burgers. Jim's burgers. No, go on. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 that, but what's it called? So I'm curious, like, so you're learning how to skate. This was when, like, maybe like four or five years ago? When was that? Four years already. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that, about four years. Dude, so I know that you were already a Christian. I don't know when you got saved, but to hear that you were <laughs> struggling, you were struggling with that, um, even as after you've been saved, that's that's a crazy thought because people think that Christians have it have it easy that all of a sudden that stuff goes away. But what you're telling me is that God was still working on you during that time. Um, so when did you get saved? I got saved on January 26, two thousand eleven. Okay, I was April, same year. <laughs> April that same year. So you guys are the same age as Christians go. Yeah. Freddie was just actually sharing something with me. What were you saying earlier about age? Like people will meet you and they'll think like, oh, they, they assume your age. But what were you saying earlier about your age being like how long you've been saved versus how old you are? Yeah, it's like um, I'm 41, so I know I'm getting older already. But the interesting thing is that I'm only nine years in the Lord. Hmm. And in those nine years, I'm still youth in God. So as I read my Bible, it's like God's very spontaneous. Like, hey, man, you're going to go here. Like, okay, what am I going to do with these skaters? You know, what mm-hmm. am I going to do with these kids? Right. But, <clears throat> so you guys are the same age, though, according yeah. to that. That's kind of interesting. He got saved this. He, a few months I got saved in April that same year. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's, but that's just for me. I guess, you know, the pastor last night was saying that as you get a certain age, you know, you start getting fatigued, all kinds of other things. And um, I don't know. I broke my leg already. I got hip replacement, but I'm still out there. You know, I'm still out there running around with the kids. And, you know, God's giving me a love for kids. And so he's keeping me young in that way. So mm. the nine years, I still feel like I'm young in the Lord. Mm. Mm. So I'm still learning a lot of new things. How did you get safe, Freddie? Like, can you remember exactly how that went down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's easy <laughs> to remember, but man, so you know, I didn't believe in God. I didn't. So I believe at all, like in the big. I believed in God till like I was a certain age, but after losing like fifteen, twenty friends in my life, it's kind of hard to believe there was a God. That's a lot of friends to lose. Yeah. I, yeah. Why? Why so many friends? Do you think you lost? Is that just coincidence, or is that the lifestyle that you grew up in, or? It's a lifestyle, but at the same time where I hung out at, it was, we met a lot of people at the boys club. So you grow up a certain way. And where did you grow up? I grew up in Almani. By, and so you were a part of the Almani boys club or? We went there a lot. Okay. So, you know, but um, just growing up and meeting all my friends and it was awesome. A lot of us didn't have our dad in our lives. So we stuck together. Had that know. in common. Yeah. So we, we build a strong relationship, which I'm still friends with many of them. But when I lost my best friend, I think in 2000, I didn't believe God was real anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, just like that one just broke me to the core, you know, after after him and being the fact that I was with him an hour, like an hour before he passed away. How did he die? He vomited and he drowned. Just vomit. 
you know, so we have been drinking all morning. Mm. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but uh, so mm. that's from 2000. I just stopped believing God was real. When might I just start going downhill even worse? You know, so more drugs and the drinking got heavier, and you know, so I just didn't think I wasn't gonna last that long myself either. You know, so you're going and got to from there to 2011. I just tired of being on drugs. Mm. You know, I was just tired of my life and. I was in my room about to hang myself, and I got images on my mind of people telling me about God when I was a kid. So you started remembering all those times that people, like, had mentioned God. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I had something simil- <coughs> similar happen. Mm-hmm. So would you, what? keep going. How the first that... time was, I was, like, nine years old on Outlier Street. still remember a guy, white shirt, you know, the Bible ones and hair slicked back. Hey, you believe in Jesus? I do. You want Jesus in your life? Yeah. I remember accepting the Lord then. Mm. But I, and then. But I never had no direction. Mm. When I was 16, I was seeing this girl who was actually the pastor's daughter. You know, so I was high drunk. You want to go? I'm like, yeah, let's go, whatever. I go walk in. It's like, what is this? Mm. Oh, my dad's a pastor. I'm like, all right, whatever. I sat down. I passed out. I was knocked out in the front row and you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> I was bored, bro. I was bored, and I woke up when it was over. And then the girl's mom started talking about Jesus, and I remember that one day, I just me and my brother, and she said, "He loves you, mm. and do you believe in him?" I'm like, "Yeah, I believe in." I remember asking God into my life that day again, but that day felt different. I felt like something coming out of me. And I couldn't contain my tears. I just felt like, I don't know, it was weird, but mm. I didn't have an understanding there. But I remember getting home, and my grandma was mad. She was mad because she heard that I had cried about that, you know, that it made me cry. So she was angry. So I guess I thought I, thought I did the wrong thing. So why, 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 why do you think she was angry about that? Um, well, she is Catholic. Okay. Um, so I don't know if it had anything to do with that, or was it because I cried? And she probably made, it feels like maybe they did something to us, but I cried because I just felt something yeah. different. God you know, touching that. Yeah. But now, I mean, now you would look back and see that as like God was touching you <laughs> or something, yeah. probably, right? Yeah. So, so I go, I guess we did the wrong thing. So what I do, I get on the phone, I call my homeboy, I go like, hey, man, you, you have some, some crack? When I smoking crack. Wow. And never look back again. Yeah. Okay, so so then fast forward to 2011, you're like tired of your life, and you said you were, you were even thinking about taking your own life at that time. You're yeah. going to hang yourself. Yeah, so that's when I got the images of people so, telling me about. Being reminded about these mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And prior to that, my dad, I never met my dad, but my dad had passed away. And then after he died, I met his sister, my aunt. Mm-hmm. And it happens to be that they buy a car wash in Almani. Mm. I'm like, that's weird. So I would go with a drunk all the time, driving drunk. And her husband, one day, got tired and he started talking about Jesus. And I'm like, you're stupid, bro. Believing in that. I told my aunt, they're stupid, believing in all that stuff. And so I get images, all that stuff. So and I just I just told myself, like, what if it is real? Mm-hmm. What do I have to lose? And there was one girl I knew <coughs> that was a Christian. So I went to her and I asked her, like, hey, um, <clears throat> sorry. No, it's cool. How old were you during this time? 
<laughs> what, 30, 31? Okay. Okay. I think so, right? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> like, like in your 30s, early 30s. Okay, early 30s. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so she goes, go to church. Go to church, like, yeah, meet me. So we went to Golden Springs on a Wednesday night, I believe it was. <laughs> and I'm there, and Raw Reese walks out. And he goes, I don't know why I'm saying this, but if you're here today, because you don't believe in God. And I'm like, what? I'm looking around like, what the heck? He's like, like no one's around. He's talking, well, he's talking directly <laughs> yeah. to you. Yeah, and then he goes, if you don't believe God is real, after the service, go to the back, grab a Bible, go home, close the Bible and ask God this one question because you're challenging him and he would answer you. And I go like, man, this was stupid. If he thinks I'm going to sit here for two hours, I'm going to ask God that question right now. <laughs> so I'm looking around and the girl next to me is like, are you all right? Like, not really. This guy said, I just got a question, but there's, I don't have a Bible. And she goes, here, actually, I brought an extra one. And she goes, here you go. And I closed it and I go, <coughs> I go, God, if you're real, like this man says you are, then why do I hate myself? Why am I a drug addict? Why am I a drunk? How come I beat up my mom? How come I beat up my grandma? How come I beat up my brothers? Why, why am I so angry? Why do I hate people? Why am I racist? if you say that you love me. And then I open the Bible, like, like Pastor Robbie said, and, it's, and it turned to Jeremiah 2, 27, and it says, it's you who turn your back, but not your face. Only on times of trouble you call upon my name. Why don't you call the God that you made for yourself? And see if he raises up and saves you. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, and I got an image of my drug dealer. He says, that's your God. Not me. That's crazy. And um, <clears throat> so I shut the Bible. Like it's not what I want to hear. This is too too real. And then I, God, if you're real, why the same question? I open the same page. Mm. I'm like, man. So I got the Bible again. Start flipping around. Close my eyes. Open it upside down and go look. Same page. <laughs> I'm not like, what what? <laughs> yeah. time. wow. Three times, man. So, While you're sitting in Golden Springs for the first time. Yeah. Crazy. That's a miracle. So I'm high, drunk, uh, you know. Well, you were high and drunk when you went in there. Yeah, I was just, yeah. Well, Dang. I was always high. So yeah. then, so then do you, do you, from there, did immediately were you like, dude, like believing or was it like also what was said in the service right after that really? I don't remember much of the service, but... In Deuteronomy 28, 28, is this okay? Yeah, of course. Okay. Please do. 28, verse 6. The first verses I ever read in my life, um, I walked into the the church and they gave you a bulletin. When I opened it, and it said this, it says, Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. I'm like, dude, this is weird. I'm coming to the church for the first time, and I'm going to be blessed. And when I go in and walk out, I didn't get it. But this one, like it says, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. And at that time, there's two guys who put a hit on my life. But I didn't go to church for that. I went to church because I was just tired of drugs. I wasn't scared of all that, but... Why'd they put a hit on your life? 
I'm stupid, bro. <laughs> okay. I was just doing stupid stuff, bro. Like, you know, on drugs and very, very disrespectful to certain people. Gotcha. Know? So, don't want to get into details. No, you're okay. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to whatever degree, Freddie, like any yeah. question, like you can, you can say as much as you want or as little mm-hmm. as you want. Mm-hmm. And also, don't, don't feel like, like right now how I'm talking to you, almost like if we're going to edit this out, you know, but I want you to know that this is a free conversation. Like, it isn't official, like, like we started recording here don't mess it up from here like all that stuff's eliminated me and you have been around ministry a long time and things can you could feel those pressures like like we officially started we're going live like none of that stuff exists in this place like yeah it's totally just unplugged so don't don't trip about that like if you feel like you say something wrong cough anything like that don't even trip you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so anyways continuing on about this verse i was just like wow that kind of just caught my attention i'm like this is crazy man like I don't oh, I have all verses, you know, and I'm thinking like then it says about the Lord will the will the Lord will com, uh, command the blessings on your on you in your storehouses and in all of which you set your hand. And right away the storehouses it spoke to me like, Okay, Lord, I'm broke right now. I'm all messed up. I don't have money to eat right now, but you're gonna provide all that. You know, so off the back like when I think back is like I didn't even have the Holy Spirit, but God was revealing to me. Certain mm. the way the way he speaks, and then as I'm reading, it says, I just catch to that one. It says, Then all the you know, because I can't because it says right here, The Lord will bless the, the Lord will establish you as his holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the, the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. But on that one, it said, um, it said that people will be in awe of you. Mm. And I started laughing. I'm like, man, this guy is stupid. Man, to you, everybody was stupid. If it was, right? Pastors, God, anybody, right? This guy's stupid. No, but that kind of comes from where you come from, right? Because I... <laughs> I've actually met a couple of your homies or whatever, and they say that very often. Like, man, you're stupid, bro. Like, that's just thrown around. Like, you're stupid, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> but those are my words, bro. Yeah. I'm like, man, this guy's man. stupid. We, like, this guy's limited, whatever. My mind's like, this guy's limited that this is our part. Like, you know, because you have heard things through all your life. And then, um, so I laughed. But I don't know. But that day, I just remember... Um, Rory's getting invitation. And it's like, they're playing that song, Holy, Holy is the Lord, God Almighty, mm. you know, who is and who is to come. The door shake, right? The, uh, and, uh, and I remember my legs were shaking. And I just heard, like, and then he said, and he, and he knocks at the door of your heart. And I'm like, man, the posts are shaking, my legs, by the door of my heart. He's saying all these things. So all these mm. things are coming to mind. Next thing I know, he goes, if anyone wants to set the Lord, come to the front. And I look back like, what the heck am I doing out here in the front? I didn't know how to run away. <laughs> I was trying to jam. I was trying to leave. Mm-hmm. But you went up. I went up. But I was already up there. And I didn't. I don't remember walking oh, up. So you like blacked out and then just like <clears throat> came to and you're standing <clears throat> up at the front of the church. Yeah. Giving your life to the Lord. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. Everyone's looking. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to leave. But I did it. And I remember someone said, you'll never love God the way you did that one day. And for me, it's like, I didn't love God that day. Mm. 
I accepted him because he spoke to me. You know, he knew stuff that about me, you know, that. He revealed himself to you. Yeah. But you didn't know him enough to love him. him. No, Mm. I didn't. But that day, he he got my trust. I like that you said that, Freddie, because I think there's a lot of people that might watch this and and relate to that. And it it struck me as soon as you said it because I was like, dang, like, that's just honesty, right? That's not like like Freddie's like, you know, that's just him being honest. But how many people will go to a church and, and, and God will reveal himself to them in some way? And then when they hear other people saying, yeah, you know, you, now you just love Jesus, there could be some confusion that comes mm-hmm. in because it's like, well, how, I don't feel those things. I mean, what if somebody's dead to their emotions or or drugs are in their system or whatever it might be? Yeah. There's um, a lot of Christian cliches, I think, that we just sometimes hear about or take and people just think that's like the rule now, but it's not. It's As not. Your, it's your case, it wasn't. Clearly, I know. Yeah. So so you, you what, how do, what's it like walking away from... The decision to like give your life to the Lord, but you really are still like at odds with God, right? I mean, you're not like, I mean, like you said, you didn't love Him yet. No. So, so what what happens after that? Like, you just go home, you go back to your normal life, or? Um, well, after that, I, I I just I went home, you know. I was like, I can't, I don't know, the weird. I couldn't stop shaking, bro. I was like, what the heck's going on? You know, so I was just, like, nervous, you know, because, you know, for the first time, like, it spoke to me. Mm. And it revealed stuff to me without anyone knowing. And I didn't know what to do from there. And, you know, you give your number in the back to the people. They give you a Bible. They instruct you what to do. And, you know, before all this, like, I don't know how to read. I don't. Mm. You know, um, because I... People consider just because they say words, you know how to read, but no, that's reading isn't comprehending. What right, you know? right. And yeah. I, didn't, I never read a book in my life. No reading comprehension mm. at all. No, huh? man. I was that guy, like, I'll go to school and then I'll do a book report. Like, oh, you, you did a book report? Like, yeah, how was the movie? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always watch the movie. Uh, you know, like, how do you know I watched the movie? Because like, you put those parts that were not that in were the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, but. So you weren't a reader. So, you know, I just started reading. I started reading. Oh, and the, another question, too, I asked God, like, when I was sitting there, before I gave my life to the Lord, I go, like, hey, God, if there's one thing you ask. After the third time I asked him, he revealed the same question to me three times. I go, God, if there's one thing you ask of me, what is it that you ask of me? And it says, serve and be submissive to your masters, not only the good, the kind, but also to the harsh. So, Say that last part <clears throat> one more time. Let me read it better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on First Peter two eighteen. So you got better at reading. Mm-hmm. Here yeah. we go. Wow. As we see. Hmm? Oh. That's his new Bible, bro. You should see his old one. The world is falling apart somewhere. I'm getting there, guys. Hold up. Man, that was But First Peter two eighteen. It says servants. Be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. Mm-hmm. For this is commendable if because of conscience toward God one endures grief, suffering wrongfully for what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, if you take that patiently, then this is commendable before God. For this is what you are called, were called because Christ also suffered for us 
giving us an example that you should follow his steps. Mm. Mm. So God spoke to you about loving your masters, those who are good and those who are not good. Mm-hmm. Do you think that became super important in your life or just immediately at all? Or how does that apply to you at that time? Certain be submissive. Oh, bro, like, I know why he showed me that off the bat. I don't listen to my mom. I'm not listen to nobody. I did what I wanted to do. So when he said be, be submissive to the ma- your masters, it's good, you know, but when that word harsh, it was interesting to me because I thought a lot of people are harsh. I do. And um, I was reading as I, you know, I always go back to this verse because something God spoke to me from the beginning, but as my walk went on, you know, you have, I'll, I'll say his name. I have Pastor David Souza. <laughs> we talk about him a lot on this he podcast. Comes, he yeah, comes he up comes often in, in this podcast, <laughs> believe it or not, from multiple people. Uh-huh. Man, that guy, I think he's he's been there for me from the beginning, you know. But um, a lot of the guys been there. But um, he will say stuff to me, that, and I don't like it. Mm. He, I wouldn't like him telling me anything, you know, growing up without my dad. Like, who do you think you are to tell me? You know, like, you don't know me. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, I hate a correction, bro. I hate a correction. So I remember I read harsh. And then I go and I'm reading, proper, I just flip it over and it's Proverbs 12, 1. He who loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who is correction is stupid. <laughs> so like, you're stupid. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we, go, we go back to it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> so really, it was you who was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, but not like man. So God revealed to me there that every, no, the people that I think are harsh are not harsh. Mm-hmm. I think they're harsh because I hate correction. Mm. I like people telling me what to do. You know. I think that's a lot of people too that. Learning to accept correction is a super hard hurdle to cross, right? Like, oh, songs and pastors talking and people saying that Jesus loves you um, or whatever, it's fine. But then when it comes to somebody telling you that you're wrong mm-hmm. or something like that, that's that's where it gets it gets super tough, you know? Yeah. So, you know, because you grow up with certain beliefs in the neighborhood. But to break away from that and from people to correct that, it's like you just, you're trying to take you away from something you know and bring you to something new. And, you know, it's like that verse says that do not remove the ancient landmarks that the ancestors from before have already placed. Mm. But when I go back to that, like, and I look to my family, like, there's no landmarks. Mm. There's no, there's no, there's never a God in our lives. You know, people proclaim to know that. Oh, yeah, there is God, but what is the relationship with God? Mm. So that wasn't displayed in our home, you know, except for, was it like Christmas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Christmas, Easter. Yeah. You see, but, yeah. So in those things, you know, just learning and just as I'm going, like, man. So would you say Dave, does he become like a person who regularly is in your life? You mentioned how your initial interaction with him, he, he insulted you with his correction right and and it's not so much um, the correction part either but it's 
Just because you didn't know how to deal with love. Mm-hmm. That scared me more than anything. Like, why would he go out of his way? Mm. I don't understand that. Um, so things like that scared me a lot. You know, like minor in the beginning too. My first day at church. Hey, brought us up, nine San Gabriel Valley. Nah, man, shit, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like he just looks and walks away. Not go to church again. Hey, what's up, bro? You're that guy with the shirt, man. Like, shut up, stupid. You know, I'm walking away, and he and this like, the third time I go, he puts his hand on me, man. He starts praying, and he's praying about everything that's going on in my life. Dang. And in my head, I'm thinking, all right, there's people after me. This guy, how does this guy know what to say? How, how does he know what's going on? So now my head's all messed up because. I'm like, man, even in church, they're going to set me up in church to kill me. That's what I'm thinking. Wow. Super paranoid. Yeah. And I'm high, so, you know, yeah. so I'm thinking all these things. And and then I look, and then he goes, hey, so-and-so makes that shirt. And he threw the name out there. And that guy's from Armani. So what do you think went through my mind? Yeah. Oh, I see. Bro, I was like, heck no. So I, I, it, it got hard for me. Like, those battles got hard for me. Like, is he a friend? Is he someone that's trying to set me up? So I battled through a lot of that stuff, the trust. And so when Susa would correct me, I knew he cared. Mm-hmm. But it was just scary for me. Dang. You know, yeah. That's powerful. That's powerful because I was thinking you were not liking it because of the correction. But it was the love that you realized that was coming from it. And I think a lot of people, sometimes we miss that, that a lot of times we're, the reason why we're being corrected is a lot of times coming from a place of love when it's right. a, a believer, when it's a Christian, even God, you know, God is correcting us because he wants us to be better. You know, that's powerful. That dude. is powerful. And, and, and the first time you taste correction because of love, it is different. I, I, I remember realizing that, that somebody's saying something not because they're irritated or don't like what I'm doing but because they care about me and and you're right though i and that's super important i I, there's something in there even for believers to think about like you know when you tell somebody something here in your case can you imagine if david zunza would have corrected you but didn't have love in his heart Mm -hmm. or minor like those approaches but didn't have love in his heart then they would have missed the one of the most impactful things that was happening to you was the fact that love was being demonstrated to you. That's super impactful in your life as you as you're obviously, you know, sharing about it. And yet Christians can miss that so quickly. Like, oh, I'm gonna tell this guy he shouldn't be doing this, or I'm gonna say, you know, hey, please don't stand up in the service or whatever it is, whatever your reason might be. Um but but to oh, you're good. Okay, no no no. I was just making sure you had oh, yeah, I gave oh, him some. I gave him some. <laughs> It for I, I hope the camera was on you, bro, so people could just see you trying to. <laughs> and they're right there. <laughs> no, but that's that's super dope. So so at that point, you you keep coming back. Does the friend keep inviting you? What brings you back to to church? That person I haven't seen him since, really. 
So that's interesting then. So how did you keep gravitating back towards Golden Springs? I just, I went back just to see. I just, I went back because I wanted to see if that guy, if it was for real. Mm. You know, like, see see what I was going to hear. Mm. You know, so I kept going back. I kept going back. And then Steve Cameron, oh my God, that guy was annoying, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Cameron was also yeah, one was of also our recent guests guess. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> shout, shout out, out Steve, Steve Cameron. Out Steve Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Why was he annoying, dude? Cause, what's that, bro? Hey, like, dude, get away, bro, you know? like it was, it was annoying to me that I'm trying to go to church and I didn't, you know, with everything going on in my mind and he's trying to talk to me, like, dude, get away. I'm waiting for someone to walk away from him, you know? Mm. But... I don't know, it's just funny, man. I wasn't used to seeing people in tech pants and mm. you got these like, shirts. And, mm-hmm. It's weird to me. You know? Yeah, yeah. I the way to, church culture, like. Man, I used to think all that stuff was gay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, dude. <laughs> Shout out, Steve Carroll. <laughs> we love you, brother. We love you. But, oh, dude, man. everything was gay to me. The worship, all that. Like, dude, mm. like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a weird thing too. I think for a lot of pe- Christians, what the, the raising of hands, like people are like, why, why do you do that? Like, it's so weird. Mm. It's so foreign. I think a lot of times too, even males have just a problem with church in general in the worldly sense, because it's like, I'm going to sit underneath someone mm. and learn from another human being, they say. And, you know, it's time to be quiet. It's, it doesn't seem... Like what the world calls as what being masculine is mm. to the world. So I think a lot of times males who are non-believers kind of see it as as weakness, but it's not. But that's what it looks like, I think, at mm. times. So yeah. I get why you were feeling that way. <laughs> you know, I kind of want to dive into something real quick, Freddie, if you don't mind, about, about that subject. Because I know you now, right? And you can go on like a Harvest Crusade website and see Freddie like at a harvest crusade with his hands up praising the <laughs> lord right right and and when you're in church you you're you're not an anti hands up kind of guy praising the lord you're you're about that and it's interesting because i think what you shared right now you just shared how like uh you know when you first went to church and you saw people doing that you just felt that, that was gay i f- i thought similar things um so you would think that a person would then conclude like, well, maybe we shouldn't be doing that stuff so much because, you know, that's, this is the way people feel about it and we're trying to reach people. So maybe we should try to stop doing that. But in your case, you, you, once you understood that your heart opened up to praising the Lord and hands lifted and these kind of things, right? So how do you feel about that? Like, do you think when a person says like, you know, Christians shouldn't be so like, oh, hands lifted because when people are coming in, they don't understand that, bro. Or... Um, do you take like the other approach like hey dude this is truth and this is real and like it doesn't matter don't be afraid of what people are going to think well I'll share what how I came to that point and um, when I go and I just look at everybody like what's going on and I go you know what God why do they lift their hands up mm-hmm. and I just remember hearing freeze and when I heard freeze I got it. <laughs> like, bro, I got an image of me running from the cops. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm seeing myself running from the cops, and then with the gun drawn out, freeze. And what I do, I got on my knees and I surrender. He's all you done running. 
I get done. And, and I remember just throwing my hands up. Dang. But it doesn't mean I was without fault after that. But I know at that moment, I was just like, all right, here I am. Dang, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Surrender. Yeah, I surrender there. But, you know, of course, with the surrender, there's a lot of things that still come to play, you know. Sure. So. I hear you, bro. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, all those things, bro, were, all that was gay music, everything, mm-hmm. you know. So, I, it, it's just the experiences I've gone through, you know. I used to go drunk to church. I'd be drinking in the mm. parking lot, getting high in the parking lot, you know. And that's how I got my nickname, Fresh Forty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've never at heard the, that one. At the church, some people sell. Just so you know, like at the church, some people on an inside joke when they see him will be like, "What's up, Fred Forty? And I know about that because <laughs> because I heard about it. But he he was one of those people. Like if you remember back in the day, Ryan Reese or once more served, yeah. like, yeah, dude, don't judge people. You know, you got guys coming out here and like they're drinking a forty in the parking lot before they even walk in. I don't know. I didn't that was mean like a literal story. <laughs> and and yeah, wow. Freddie, this is the this is the guy drinking the forty yeah. in the parking lot before and he comes into church. <laughs> I, I was parked in the back. <laughs> oh, in the back. <laughs> and and Martin. Martin Fox, rest in peace, man. He goes, Oh yeah, I love Martin. Bro, you're drinking the forty in the parking lot. And I looked like, <laughs> man, shut up, stupid. <laughs> I said I said that a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, he's like, bro, come on, we're at church. I'm, I don't care, bro. They said, someone said, come as you are. I'm here. Yeah. I don't know what else would be right now. It's like Friday night. Yeah. I'm here. And even before that, like, I remember Jason. See, mm. one thing I get mad at, and I'm going to share this, because a lot of people have said bad things about the whosoever's. A lot of people over there now. I don't know where they're at now, but I pray for them. Because the way they loved me, too, when I was drunk and high. Mm. I'm still there. Mm, dang. So God used them in my life. You know, God had used, like, from Gina, um, Gina Aguirre. I walk in, usher, hi, mijo, how you doing? Welcome. With a smile every time. She knew I was drunk and high, but she always greeted me. Mm. Made me feel like I was at home when I was good there. You know, so I've always prayed for those guys. I don't stop praying for them. Mm-hmm. But I defend it because even if for that season, God used them in my yeah. yeah, you know, and instead of like instead of talking bad about them, why don't you start praying for them? Yeah, start praying for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're doing they're doing some really yeah. awesome stuff right now. Right now they are, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to to stay on that point for a moment, um, I think that's so vital that Christians don't use like the righteousness to beat down on other believers who are growing. I I, I myself have experienced when. Um, being at Golden Springs because it's a big church and you get all kinds of heads coming through. And then there'd be that guy in the parking lot who's smoking the cigarette. And then suddenly it's like, I think with the youth that I, that I was around at the time, they're like, Hey, we can get this guy like to tell him like he needs to, and I get it, you know, there's like rules, but I think people forget that there's, there's sinners who are coming to church, that the church is the hospital that we are supposed to go to and there's supposed to be that love. Mm. And um, I think sometimes we even will we'll shy away from people who are struggling because mm. we think that it's like, well, guilty by association, right? Like, well, if I, they see me hanging around him, talking with him, then they're going to think I'm like him. 
And it's like, man, but what about like, who are the people who came alongside you when you were struggling? That's interesting. And I just encourage believers to, to love and like for sure stand for truth, but love like they did with you. Right. And that brings to a point like there. So there were the people who were loving Freddie in the sense of like, come as you are. And then the people who were correcting him were doing it in love, though. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like, hey, you can't do that here. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It wasn't just the rules. And you mentioned earlier, like, I get it. There's rules. But I think, you know, Christ, he surpassed rule because he was with his disciples and there were rules, right? Like, not don't wash, don't eat without washing properly or, you know, and Jesus is there, bro. And, and he's pushing that envelope. And I'm not suggesting that godly people just purposely push envelopes. But the point is that Christ is seeing the magnitude of the importance of the situation, as was the usher who is calling you mijo and greeting you with full love, as was Dave was correcting you but having love and minors approach and steve cameron and all the people that at the time you thought they were stupid (laughs) but 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 have become you know pillars to that monuments the beginning of your walk like where 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 you started so keep going dude so at at some do, do those things just slowly get surrendered in your life coming to church drinking and all that or is there like a moment that that changed or how, how did how did this progress to where you are where you are today oh no man um, the drinking after I became, it's crazy after I became a Christian like after I accepted the Lord all of a sudden I get a phone call from my drug dealer he's like hey come to my house I went he has a big old pile he's like here all of a sudden drugs are free my, mm. my thing's like man I should have become a Christian a long time ago <laughs> 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 hey, I'm being real. Yeah, 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 man. So free drugs. So for the first six months was the worst I ever used. Really? Wow, the worst I ever got in my life. I don't want to get into details with all the drugs I used in that time, but meth was the one that had my my everything. Mm-hmm. So I started when I was like 12 years old. So from 12 to like 30 something, I used like for 20 years. Do you think that was just like a straight? battle for your soul like god came and showed up in your life and satan's like oh no you're not taking this dude and then just full head over heels comes at you with all this temptation is that was that what you see at that moment i don't even understand what it was i just but when you look back now like when i look back is that was a straight straight like i don't know man it's a battle you know and Man, it's like the demons and seeing demons and, you know, it got to a point where I couldn't even sleep with the light off, you know. I would turn the light on and then where I was staying out, they're like, what's wrong with you? At night, you're punching walls and stuff. You, you just, I hear you screaming sometimes. And This is after you gave your life to the Lord? Mm-hmm. Dang. So it got, I didn't, it got worse, you know, and all the demons I'm seeing, like, they manifest themselves in, in, in my room and, you know, I remember being asleep and feeling like I'm being dragged out of bed and I wake up and I'm actually hanging off my bed you know things like that bro it was it was insane bro and I would sleep with the light on and I I just kept sleeping with the light on and you know so I was still using and even after I stopped using it was still a battle like that and but what made me stop using drugs is it was actually I think like July 20, like 22nd, I believe, it was on Friday night. I was hungry. 
I didn't have no more money. Um, and I got a knife, and I just said, you know what, God, I, I came to you because I was tired of being on drugs. I can't find a job. Things are getting even worse for me, and I'm just tired. So I was just walking to my car, and go rob someone, stab whoever I find. And my neighbor walks out from the, I don't know where he can walk me out from, and he goes, he's drunk. He's like, hey, neighbor, mom, what's up? You looking for a job? Ain't no one hiring, bro. He goes, hold on, I got on the phone. He calls his compadre, his compadre's town cup Monday morning, he has a job. Hmm. <clears throat> that day I go like, man. I went in my room, I flushed the drugs down the toilet, and I just laid in bed for three days. Hmm. And I was shaking, everything, bro. Withdrawals. Withdrawals, everything. And then I woke up Monday morning, like, I felt like I was never on drugs. And then I went to the job interview, and I get there, I'm dressed up, you know, but... It's funny, I go ask for the guy who was supposed to interview me. He goes like, bro, you're a little overdressed for the job. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I thought you were going to interview me, but I brought clothes. <laughs> so I just jumped on. I started working. I didn't even ask how much. Right on. I just was happy I got a job. Mm-hmm. And at lunchtime, he goes, what's your name? Freddie. He goes, you're not from the agency, huh? I'm like, no. Like him because he told me, I'm like, oh, I thought you were a guy from the agency. That's why I told you to get start working. No way, dude. And he goes, but the guy didn't show up. So do you want the job? I'm like, well, I'm already been working four hours. <laughs> you know, he goes, all right, you get the job there. You know, but that's the last time I used. Wow. Still to this day, you didn't go back to the, those drugs, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, I haven't gone back to it. The drinking, that was another story. Yeah. The drinking and <clears throat> and even my other thing is, you know, being racist and being at the bars and, that's another thing, you know, drunken racist and then, you know, I go to the bars and, and even at the beginning of my walk, I remember women gladly with some blacks and everything, nothing happened. Some black guy came up to me. He goes, hey, give me a ride. I'm out of get down with you guys. And I'm, 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 being, I'm a Christian every like seven months. And then, and then after that, um, he goes, bro, I heard you telling your friend you're going to church and you can act like that. I'm all, this on my head goes, oh, you want to throw that in my face? So I get in the car. I drove him somewhere and I beat him down. Bad. Like I tried to take his life, everything, you know. I go to my car, come back, and there's just a puddle of blood and he's gone. A month later, I'm at the bar again. He shows up to me. He goes, hey, are you okay? I'm okay, I'm trying to take your life. And you ask me, I'm okay, yeah. Because it's sad to live the way you live, not trusting people with all the hate in your heart. Dang. He goes, I'm from Kenya. I, I left my country for the same reason, man, just so I can come here and deal with this. He goes, I don't care, man. He goes, I'm going to tell you one thing. I hope you go to church and find the help that you need. And no matter what, I still love you. And he hugged me. Damn. And he walked away from me. Oh, my God. And I'm sitting at the bar, bro. And I'm like... <laughs> My head's burning. Like I mean, it's like on fire, bro. And I tell the I tell the bartender, give me a picture. So for who? My for homeboy. She's like, you don't even like black people. Man, shut up, stupid. I said, give me the beer. <laughs> she gave me a picture. I'm like, I'm sorry, bro. I do need help. I left. I left right there. I got home. I threw the Bible, the one they gave you, the Chuck Smith one. I threw it, and it opened up. And it was in Romans, I think it says, if your enemies are thirsty, give them something to drink. If they're hungry, give them something to eat. When doing so, it's like putting hot coals on their head. 
he just loved me. Mm. That's why, like, when it comes to racism, I see a lot. Everything's going on. Mm-hmm. They want to fight evil with evil. The only thing that's going to overcome that is the love. And I speak that because that guy could have came easily and hit me when I wasn't looking. But yeah, he always just loved me. No matter what. He been, Jesus says, do not revile evil with evil. But love for love covers a multitude of sin. Maybe he's not a believer, mm-hmm. but God used him to change my heart. I haven't been in a fight since then. Mm-hmm. I haven't touched no one since then. And I've been through some stuff, bro, where, man, I can't. I just can't find it in my heart no more. Mm. Wow. I see God just taking each like major Thing. stronghold yeah. of sin that was in your life just slowly, piece by piece, dude. Mm. And it's, it's, it's a miracle, dude. Now, was racism something that you continued to struggle with um, after that moment? Or did, is that something that God kind of took from you then too? No, it's still a struggle. It was. Um, it's just embedded in you where you grew up? or It's, it's something... Um, you know, I'll say this, man. You know what racism comes from? It's, it's half-hate. It's not loving yourself. But because you don't know that, right? Um, I didn't know that until God spoke to me. You know, as it says, us in water face reflects the face of how we're real the man. And, you know, the Bible says, you, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So how can I love my neighbor when I didn't even love me? Hmm. You know, so I think my black were a good outlet for my hate. And then growing up with a bunch of people that have been in prison from family members and stuff with that mentality that they bring from prison. Mm. You know, so all that plays into effect. Then my neighborhood, there's no black people. So all of that plays into effect and why I was coming up that way. Mm. Dang. Wow. So you, you start getting now no more fighting. I kind of want to hear like what, what where where you go from like because when I met you you didn't seem like this like super rage guy I mean maybe you were but I didn't see it you know so I, I, I'm kind of curious like how you start to transition into uh, Freddie the guy I see like serving loving. you know yeah loving Freddie being up in the prayer room <coughs> with us at six in the morning you know. Um. <laughs> that just it was prayer bro cause there's that song Hosanna like what does it say um, open my eyes at me see teach me the love the way you love you mm-hmm. know and break my heart for it breaks your heart mm. man I became my prayer but man I, sometimes I, re- I regretted that prayer a lot <laughs> sometimes you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like, regretting it like two minutes ago huh <laughs> <laughs> break my heart for what breaks yours and I started seeing things bro and but I would always ask God, you know what, God, teach me to love the way you love me. That's my prayer. I know me better than many people. Mm-hmm. And so, and those things, and just in my reading, and I have a lot to do with my reading, though. You know, because my reading is what led me where I'm at. Because without mm-hmm. my reading, then there's there's nothing to cleanse my heart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would read and read. I remember, like, I'll read on Peter. I kept reading and reading and reading. And... and I didn't understand it, but I understood when God was speaking to me because, like, it like smacked me, like, dang, okay, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Why is that? You know, so I'll highlight that. You know, I open the book of Hebrews, and all I focus is on where Jesus was made a little lower than the angels. You know, and I'm like, why was he made lower than the angels? 
and I would ponder on that. What you mean, Lord? And I just to remove the excuses and why you keep throwing your life away. Eliminate the excuses. So I'm like, man, okay. So all that little by little, you know, the cleansing. And then one day I just started praying, like, you know what, God? I don't know where to go from here. And I remember people would be like, hey, man, why don't you serve? You've been here already about a year. I'm like, no, nah, I'm okay. You know, why not? I'm, I'm like, I don't want to talk about it, you know? <laughs> because I became that drinker that drank in their room. You know what I mean? Because the shame started hitting me. But I still couldn't quit. So I kept drinking in my room. No, it's all right, man. I'm just... And then he goes, hey, guys, can I serve now? Well, I'm, now I'm six months sober. Mm. You know, can I serve? Like, what? Like, what? like yeah, I want to serve. And they put me in the usher. Mm. That was informing. Hey, I, I want to talk, <laughs> talk about that a little bit, though, because that, that was super big, what you just shared right now. Like, so... So here you had an outward idea in other people's minds. They're like, oh, dude, this guy's got a radical story, how he got saved. He's a Christian now. Um, and there was a lot of things that God cut out of your life, right? The drugs, you, you, can, you have a hard date. You never went back to them. Uh, racism, um, uh, this crazy story, what God opening up your eyes about stuff. But then there was this hidden, this, this drinking that was like, you disc because of shame you said you disconnected from the drinking world but you were drinking in your room by yourself and once you found victory even on your own that was like like i'm free like i'm i can go and serve the lord but from an outside view people don't know what's going on they don't know that you have this internal struggle they don't and i think there's something super important there to to christians and believers even where it's like dude you if you ask a person to come and help out and they say no and you continue to pressure them like hey listen god calls us to use our you don't know what that person's dealing with to be pushy with somebody is a dangerous thing for you to do because you don't mm. know give them the space to to deal to grow or to you don't know what they're still struggling with right and then that also gives me something on the flip side. When you finally did come and ask, I could see a Christian in their mind being like, hey, you missed your chance, bro. We were asking you to help us out. You don't want to help us. All of a sudden you want to show up. And some sort of pride or some sort of arrogance on their behalf to be able to miss the blessing of being able to let somebody experience that delivery that, you know, God set me free from something and I want to come and I want to use my hands for his glory. And I think Christians need to be sensitive to that because I'm starting to rethink a bunch of stuff that I remember doing while you're saying that story. I'm like, whoa, like, how do I know why that guy was like, no, no, you know? Or how do I know, like, what made this person all of a sudden want to come and help and serve? And um, so there's something really dope in that, bro, that I think... Uh, so when you were excited to come and start start serving though did you did you start serving you said ushers you're like tried that it wasn't for you nah the first day they put me as usher man i wanted to beat up this guy <laughs> <laughs> tell us that story uh, he came up to me he goes hey what i need to do to serve bro i would love to serve him i'm like oh just go talk to you know val and yeah. mike and i'm like go talk to them guys bro and let them know you're interested in serving man i've been here about a year and a half i go but i've been right like for six months only you know i go so I want 
just make sure you're good, you know? And then I go, but go ahead and talk to them, see what they tell you. And he came back, bro, and he had the worst attitude ever after that. He kept making noise, and he's just looking at me, like, staring me down. I'm like, man, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's up, dude? And then happens to be that Dell's in front of him. And after the service, that Dell got up, he looked and just, like, walked away, you know? And I was like, man, what's going on, dude? Like, I'm and I know, hey, you ready to start? Like, man, I'm not doing that again. Like, why? He's like, man, I'm, I'm going to beat up this guy. I, ain't gonna, like, I was, I wasn't ready. Just for the look. Yeah. Just yeah. for the look. You know? I wasn't ready for that. Mm. You know, I was, it was not for me. So I kept praying. And before I went to church, I worked at a school district. And I would work with kids. Um. So they, I would work with teeny, like um, junior high kids. Preteen is like. So I would ask, like, man, I wonder if there's like anything to help kids and stuff. And I'll be praying, and one day um, Amber comes, hey, you know what? There's, there's, um, we can use someone to serve. You know, the um, junior high ministry. Would you be interested? And I'm like, what the heck? Like, like I just finished praying. She comes up to me. She asked me, and I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. So I went upstairs and met Jose. And, man, that guy was, <laughs> I was like, I go, and he goes, sit down in the back, bro. Just, you know, check it out. see what you think. Bro, I was there, like, almost two months, bro, singing in the back every Sunday. And then people would come, and they'll let them serve, like, the next week. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on? And, you know, and I was like, I was getting, like, kind of like, man, am I going to serve or what? Like, can't discourage and Jose goes, bro, he goes, like, bro, like, really? Like, man, I was all sketched out, bro. Mm-hmm. So he's all, I want to make sure, bro. Like, <laughs> you know. But, he was, like, worried that you were, okay. But it, it, it's, like, not only that, but the people, you know, in the beginning, it, I, I knew how I, I had this look, bro. Like, you know, so it's, like, you know, going to New Thirst even, like, with Peter. And, you know, I'm never open up to anybody. And then one lady goes, hey, I see you all the time, but I see you by yourself all the time. You okay? And I don't want to just, I just want to avoid people. You know, I'm having a hard time trusting people. She said, well, we just know me and my husband and my daughter have been praying for you. Dang. And I'm like, damn, right? And as we talked, well, she's the first one I started opening. Like, just, you know. And I remember Peter puts his head in, hey, bro, walking with God, it's easy. And I turn around, I go, I'm walking with God, it's easy, bro. I'm like, you think that, yeah, that's what you think. I'm like, you know, it's easy for me getting up and beating you down right now and taking your money because I'm broke. That's easy for me. So get on my face before I knock you out. And that was my response to him. So I walked around like that at the church. You know, I was always angry. You know, remember Amber, the first time she seen me, she looked and she walked all the way around. You know, like... And that one day they picked me up to go evangelize. And I'm like, hey, I remember you. She goes, the first time you see me, you walked away. She goes, yeah, you should see that look you had in your face, though. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, you know? And I remember you then. Yeah. I, I remember seeing you and thinking, like, they, like, this guy could blow up at any second. Like, I remember seeing you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like, cause you know, I don't, I, by the time I met Freddie, like, I, I mean, I didn't grow up like hard like he did, but I came from a pretty bad, well, Freddie would laugh if I said that Baldwin Park is pretty bad, but 
we we had some hood in Baldwin Park and uh, <laughs> <laughs> go on, laugh, what's up, bro? Laugh, dude. BP, shout out BP, everybody. But um, but anyways, uh, I recognize that look though. That's what I'm getting at. Is like um, when I I remember feeling like I'm a new creation in Christ. Like I'm not carrying nothing, none of that stuff. Like. But I did. I did carry stuff in my life that I didn't realize. Because you cut off the things that you recognize, but there's a lot of stuff you don't see about yourself. And, uh, but I remember seeing him, dude, and just recognizing that, like, look in a person. Like, there's certain people, dude, like, they're somewhere, but they're a loose cannon. And, mm-hmm. like, if you say something the wrong way or if something happens, they're going to just blow up, bro. And well, another thing I was worried about, bro, when I first met him, is I was worried that somebody was going to say something and make him mad and he'll never come back. Because I could see, that's something that I grew up in, in, the, in, in the faith I've come to grow and realize is that you're actually weak when you first come in because you're sensitive, your heart's hard towards um, good things, but you're actually sensitive. And I'm going to mention that for a little bit, like, when you see those like um, gang members and all those people really crazy, that's a hard heart, bro. That's a hard heart because they're also oftentimes easily offended and, and, you know, easy to blow up. And that's, that's tender exterior. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that God starts to do in your life is he starts softening your heart, dude. That's what you see. Trust me, dude. Like I know Freddie doesn't like to be a, (laughs) to be a crier, bro. But that's a broken heart. That's a that's a softened heart. And then what started to grow in Freddie that I've seen for sure is the tough skin, bro. Because God first softened the heart, but still it, I was always worried that somebody was going to say something to him that was going to just... Bl- he'll blow up, dude. That he mm. was going to just like walk away and never come back or... Say, you know what? F that guy. Like, I'll yeah. never talk. Don't ever tell me to stand with that guy or sit next to that guy. And I worried about that because of the 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 easily offended exterior, right? So I'll say, like, your heart is hard, your exterior is not. And then as you start groaning in the Lord, your soft your heart gets soft and your exterior begins to get tougher and you could take things. But it really was Dave and Zunza, dude, like watching Freddie come back. Or say things positive about him after knowing that he had like anger towards him because of things that he said. Mm-hmm. And watching Freddie befriend people that earlier had written him off or had he had, you know, brushed the wrong way with them. And then watching Freddie and, and forgiveness had become something that God was using him to teach me. Because I was not easily outwardly offended, but let me tell you, if somebody, if if in my mind I was like, I do not click with that guy, for the rest of my existence, I could stay away from that person. I could just be like, that's not my people right there, dude. Like, I, they could stand next to me, they could shake my hand, I could say, what's up, bro? But in my mind, there's a wall. Like, I don't have nothing to do with this dude. And I would watch Freddie and God doing this amazing miracle really in drawing him towards 
people that had rubbed him the wrong way or said something bad to him or even some people who were wrong outright not just that they were mature and saying truth but some people who had misjudged or or said things out of line to him because of their hearts towards this kind of a character when he first got saved and watching him embrace those people later on and and love them and and be good to them continue to hit them up continue to that god really has used freddie in that way in my life to this day Hmm. Um, and I don't mean to cut in your story, Freddie. And, and, yeah, uh, that, w- that was where I met you. I think now that you're you're bringing back my my memory was the junior high ministry. Yeah. How you're reaching out to the kids, and so you start now. You're in the junior high ministry. Now you're serving. Then what? Man, I, th- I don't know. It's just um, that was very <laughs> exciting for me. Mm. Like. You know, I have a heart for kids. I do. And even before I came to the Lord, I always had a, you know, even when I was doing my thing, I will tell kids, hey, man, don't do this. Mm. You know, and that's why the guy who hired me knew what I was doing, but he sent me to work at that camp so I could talk to kids. Mm. Mm. So it gave me a heart for kids. So being in the junior high is like, <clears throat> I'm a visual guy. So I look at kids all the time and, man, Come here, what's wrong? What do you mean what's wrong? Like, you're not smiling. What's going on? Let's pray. You know, um, they, why are you so distanced today? You know, what's going on? And so I love watching the kids. Like, you know, I walk in, hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? You know, so God's giving me a heart for that. You know, for the kids and just serving. Then Jose, God used Jose in a lot of ways to bring me out of, like, more of a comfort zone. My comfort mm. zone, like, here, do you give the devil, you can do this. Mm. And I was like, bro, it's like, like right here, bro. You know, so mm. I'm nervous. But he used, I used him a lot of how, like, to start shaping me up and how to serve. And, you know, so it was very exciting. But along the line, it's, um, you know, I met someone, of course. And, and I'll share this with you guys, man, because... I would always love to be there early to greet all the kids. And I would like to be the last one to eat, too, with, with the people to the last kid left. And um, when I met this person, I realized my ministry wasn't the same anymore. a few years after. So you met, like, a, a woman and you and <coughs> yeah. and it started. You, you're saying that your interest in her, one of the early signs that this wasn't, or warnings, is that you're, it started to affect something that God was doing in your life and that you were always there early and you're, that's what I'm getting from what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, on the discipleship, you get discipled in many ways and, you know, into the Saturday classes, all these things, I'm learning a lot, but at the same time, I was like, I wasn't, I was like really on guard outside of church, I was really on guard but it's in the church where I left my garden. Mm. You know, and then, Spiritually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I always tell people, like, guys, if you meet a girl and you serve a certain way and you're just talking already and just ready dating, but she's rushing you to leave your ministry, that's not the one. Mm. I don't know why I always tell people that. That's not the one because she's not, she's not there for, for your calling. She's not supporting the calling God put in your life to serve. 
first of all, if she's upset because you're taking, you took it a little bit longer than you normally do or anything, you know, like, this is only even the beginning, you know, when we first started talking, but I missed all that part. I missed, I didn't use my discernment in those things, you know. Mm. And so as you go in and like I said, people tell you, like, man, why is everyone getting your business? There goes a part where I don't like correction again. Mm. You know, all the starts. Well, you guys don't know. But then there's that fear of being alone. Sometimes where you just being alone, the fear of being alone is it supersedes a lot. It supersedes a lot of my judgment. Yeah, loneliness. I've often said is a very bitter, <clears throat> bitter pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Dude, I still remember that is a as with all my heart open and all my mindset on God and worshiping the Lord and reading my Bible. Like, let me tell you, in my personal life, dude loneliness it's like like a bully chasing me bro like it didn't matter where I went it just like a cloud you know and I remember telling the Lord like what like man like I don't understand like it's robbing my joy I just could be with a bunch of people dude but all i could see is that like everybody had somebody or something like that you know and i think people I, i'm reminded in your story like because you're talking about how you had like you should have heard your discernment but but yet here was an opportunity to not be alone you know mm-hmm. and that's a big temptation like Aside from people always go right away like, oh, you see a hot chick, you want to... It's not always that. It's the loneliness, bro. Like, that's the way it creeps up on you because, yeah, you know as a Christian not to be all just checking out girls and just trying to hook up, you know. But the way it creeps up on you, people will later on be like, oh, this guy was chasing chicks or whatever. But that's not necessarily true. Like, when you're lonely, bro, mm-hmm. like, dude, and you and then somebody at church and they're like praising the Lord and you just you think nothing could go wrong you're like dude they're a Christian like I'm I'm new in the Lord now you know and 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 uh I'm just remembering dude like how many times I fought that too dude mm. but um was there a was there a point where you basically had to separate from that and de- then dedicated yourself back to ministry or was it like a pulling away if you, you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't care. Um, you know, the reason why I'll be honest about it because there's someone out there right now. Yeah, going through absolutely. This. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that people don't know, but I'll share it because I'll share it because God has redeemed what what happened, you know. Um, but as things were going on, I ended up, God ended up calling me to go to Texas. I went out there, so I was over there for a while. And in the time that I was there, you know, it, it got even more lonely. But you know, all I remember is I woke up, and God said, "Man, get ready, prepare your heart for your brothers, um, for your brothers gonna die." And I'm like, "What the heck?" I told my, I told um, my roommate, because he was he was wrong. Like, man, God said that my brother's gonna die. I just don't know which one, but I think it's gonna be the youngest one because he's he's more out there and active, you know. And so this is on Saturday, Sunday. I went to the pastor. We prayed. Monday night, eight o'clock. God says, "Go home." I told my mom, "I'm going home." 
you know, what's wrong with my brother's gonna die. He looked at me like, what? I got in my car and drove 20 something hours. But in Arizona now, I heard my little brother, Lee's voice, Freddie. And I have been talking to mine and telling them what's going on. When I was like, what the heck, bro? Like, sir? Like, yeah, I'm on my way home right now. I heard my brother Lee's voice, and I called him. And that's when God, I knew it was going to be him. It's Louis. That's going to die. I called him. I go, what's wrong? He goes, I'm tired. Then go home. He goes, I'm home. And then, what do you mean you're tired? I want to go home. Because he's all tired. I want to go home. Then go home. And he goes, no. I'm tired. I want to go home. I'm like, go home. I don't get it. He goes, and he says, you told me if I gave my life to God, that home would be my home. Heaven would be my home. I'm like, I'll pick you up when I get home. But I fell asleep when I got home. I was tired. I fell asleep. I woke up. And I seen this picture I have, it was like 3D. And I'm like, man, what's going on? I call my brother Frankie. Hey, what's going on? Where's Louis? He's like, it's good, fool. He just stepped out with Gio, my younger brother. I'm like, he's always wrong. I'm like, I don't know. Something's not right. He goes, ah, fool, they're good. I'm all right then. I'm going to go back to sleep. So I fell asleep. And then I get the phone call. My brother got killed. And I'm like, man, what the heck? And... I had, um, I had peace because God had showed me at the moment. But when my brother went to jail for my brother's murder, then I flipped out. And that's when I flipped because the guy who killed my brother, he got let go. And I'm like, man, not even it. So that whole time I kept messing up. I didn't care no more. In my heart, I'm I'm going to do life in prison when I catch this guy. So the girl was seeing that I wasn't protecting her no more. So I messed around with her. I misled her. You know, messed around with her and all these things. And I remember the first time she broke down crying. You know, I'm like, oh, man. You know, so, but in my heart, it started going, kill I didn't care no more. I'm going to go do, I'm going to do life in prison. Who cares? Man, like, Sean, hey, what's going on, bro? Come on, you know? He was always on me about that. So I just let go already, let it go, let her go. You gotta get your heart right. And my guests don't know nothing, but I didn't want to talk to no one about what's really going on inside. And that night came, one night came and one of the guys goes, hey, that money for your brother's ticket, bring it to the church. And I went. And, um, what do you mean money for your brother's ticket? I didn't... For the for a fight. Oh, okay. Mm. So he's like, come. You know, just come and bring the money. And so I went to the money and I'm walking out. And Scott goes, Scott was the only one outside. And Scott goes, hey, I know where you're up to. I'm like, what? You don't know what I'm up to? He goes, yeah. Got to reach me that you, you're, you're going to go back. And get the guy who killed their brother. But what good is it going to do? It's not gonna be no brother. way. Mm-hmm. He goes, you don't believe me? You shit, your head's shaved. You're dressed in black. <sighs> and I look, but you don't know what I'm going through. He goes, I didn't say I do. But what am I supposed to tell your daughter? 
Dang. Because that's why maybe you go here next. So I'm like, what am I going to tell your daughter at your funeral? And I'm like, what? And he hugged me. He was on my way going through the book He took me aside, but I stood at church. But I still was, was doing what I wanted to do. I didn't care. Got to the point where I ended up in jail. I went to jail. And I remember calling my brother. He goes, bro, you're looking at life. My life or what? He goes, they say you're in jail for kidnapping, all these things. Kidnapping, I'm like, okay, whatever. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to serve God. No matter what happens. He goes, he's like, what do you mean? Like, he's like, bro, this is what it took for God to get my attention that he got it. I'm going to serve God. And that's it. Now, I want I just want to mm-hmm. clear something up, Freddie, just in case anybody's listening, because yeah. I want to make this clear, absolutely. Now, when they said kidnapping, it wasn't that you kid took a kid. No. You're talking about you're talking about relationship stuff that goes on when people are going through breakups or going through arguments and all that, and accusations are coming. Mm-hmm. And because uh, uh, I know, because I was, we, me and you talked and c- carried through a lot of this stuff. Um, I would be like the next chapter in your life right after that, right? Oh, yeah. um, but. Um, <laughs> Um, so I, I only want to make this clear though, because I know you serve ministry and stuff like that. You, you know, Freddie wasn't getting in trouble for kidnapping children or anything like that. He was, he was, he had, uh, he had stuff being thrown at him legally because of a breakup, a bad breakup you were going through at yeah. the time. Right. And so, you, so you have a daughter. Mm-hmm. I, I, 22. Right on. Okay. And, and Scott, Scott was, gosh, Scott was telling you. Because he could see you were about to go commit, it was in your heart to commit murder. Yeah, you were like dressed to kill, basically. Like you were in kill mode, and Scott knew. And the incredible part, shout too, out not, Scott, not only that, yeah, shout out to Scott. <laughs> that. Uh, the incredible part about that too is how God puts it sometimes in people's hearts and minds what other people are going to do. It's like he yeah, just has wild. that gift. That's and wild. They will intervene. So God, not only is God intervening, he's using instruments and people to do that in your life. So you're facing uh, accusations now or legal, legal bad yeah, ones, battle. Yeah. And then then what happens? Oh, well, when I'm sitting in my jail cell, it's like I'm just laying there. And when my brother told me that, like, hey, I ain't going to go back to all the hood stuff. I'm just serve God, you know? He goes... All right, man. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I'm gonna just serve God, and even in here, I'm gonna reach people. And then I'm laying in my bed. I remember in the bunk, and everyone's like, "Bro, you're looking at life, bro. You're gonna go long. You're gone. You're done." I'm like, it's all right, bro. You know, uh, God gave me peace about everything. And I'm laying there, and I started laughing. He goes, "What's so funny?" Like, dude, I'm gonna get out. He said, "How do you know?" God just showed me. The earth shook, and the walls came down. And know the story of Peter. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and they started laughing at me. And they started sharing the gospel with them. And that's how me, at the time, just in the holding tank, he came to the Lord. Yes, God. They brought another guy. Started talking to him. He accepts the Lord. <coughs> I'm not <coughs> I'm not doing this Lord fight. What I'm doing, but it's just. And then we're in the holding tank the next day. There's like six guys in there. We're talking. I looked at kid, a kid. There's a kid, bro. Hey, you okay? He goes, well, what's up? 
Don't come at me with that, bro. I can see the fear in your eyes. You're scared. But with God, bro, you don't need to be afraid of anything. And I started sharing with them about how my look, man. You probably ain't here for domestic or something. Because, yeah, you probably angry, right? You didn't have your dad in your life. He goes, no. I know. I was there, too. I had no direction on nothing. You know, no foundation in my life. I'm here because I stopped listening to God. But I shouldn't. And I started listening to pastors, my pastors and everything. And they go, do you want to accept God in your life? I didn't even know this guy. He goes, I do, bro. See, you know, it's like six of us in there praying. And uh, they're accepting the Lord. And then they, they call me, my public defender goes, hey, I don't know what's going on. But I think people are warning you about this girl. And you didn't listen. And I'm like, huh? She's like, there's something about you that's different. And she's not like, are you a Christian? Yeah. She's all like, your, your charges are going to be dropped. You know, like the DA doesn't buy the story, nothing. That person has no marks on nothing for them to do some story they gave. There's no marks. You're going to get, like, you're going to get released. So they let me go from there. You know, so. Now, by this point, I, I just, I want to narrate a little bit only because I, that's kind of where I step in. And I knew, I knew <clears> Freddie <throat> by this point. I actually kind of rubbed him, rubbed him the wrong way uh, right before. Uh, you came to New Thirst a couple times. We were cool, but I, I remember I asked him. I'm like, hey, what's up with your friend over there? And he was like, man, I don't know. And you know what I'm talking about. That was, <laughs> but, but the next chapter, so, he, you know, naturally things have changed where he's at only for, even for legal purposes. It's like you have the person that he was in a relationship with going to the church there you know, we've built some great relationships. Sean McKee and stuff like that is in contact with Freddie. And so I kind of get a call and it's like, hey, uh, by this point, if you tether it together with my story, uh, which I've shared here on this podcast, um, at that's at the point where I step away from Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs, and I go out to follow uh, my calling as an assistant pastor for the next four years. And during that time, I get a call, like an official call, like which is not just like, hey, what's up, Freddie? It's like, hey, uh, so Freddie can't be coming to Golden Springs, but we, we know that God's working in his life, and we're going to send him with you over in Hollywood. And me and you began to do a court-ordered meeting every week, right? Yeah. And I, I was shocked because I got I to gotta have this phone call where it's like, I gotta kind of show credentials that that I'm uh, that I'm like working a, with Freddie. That wow. I'm no, that I'm capable of doing that. I get a phone call and it's like, hey, listen, like, are, have you taken courses on doing recovery? <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, like I'm a, I'm a sham, you know, like uh-huh. I'm gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be revealed that uh-huh. I'm not the real deal. I didn't do classes <laughs> and stuff like that. And I told the truth. I just was like, look, I, I, I've been a part of New Thirst, which is a drug and alcohol recovery ministry. I've been doing it for this long. This is who runs it. This is his number. I go, I have no, I have no credentials that have been given me by college or anything else. I go, these are my credentials. Like, this is who I know, and this is what I've done. And, and, and I would be more than willing to meet with Freddie on a regular basis. Boom, they send me a copy of some paperwork that's got like a, uh, my name, his name, two signatures on it. 
and we began meeting every single week um, for the next, how long? Like a year. For like a year. So every single week, me and Freddie were together. Mm. Um, and we spent time, we mostly sat down and talked. <laughs> yeah. But we talked. But, you know, but even before that, man, um, like Scott, because I messed up right after I got I messed up again with someone else. You know, I did. I just, mm. I was telling you, man, I was having a hard time just getting back to it. And... Scott and Sean called me and they showed up. You know, I didn't have to show up. I didn't, but I did. I'm like, what's up, man? Yeah, I messed up. Okay. I'm sorry, man. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And Sean goes, look, man, I'm not going to sit here and act like you don't love God because I know you do. Everyone knows you love God. But you know what? I'm going to ask you to leave for a season because I love you. And you I don't know if you trust me. I'm like, actually, I trust you more. I trust myself right now. And he goes, I'm not like, and then Scott goes, but what are you going to do in the wilderness? Mm. And he goes, funny, I'm actually in chapter four now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm Matthew. And that, you could have taken that to a direction where you felt like they were outing you. Or disowning you. And like. But the beautiful thing is you see, he asked you, like, do you trust me? It's like you have to trust. It's like when that father or, or mother is, like, spanking their child. And they don't understand that they're doing this for their the child's benefit because they want to see that child leave sin, leave that wrongdoing, and grow into something that's so beautiful and I think sometimes when we hear that correction in our lives, it's like, dude, do we trust our Heavenly Father? I thought that was just so powerful. He asked you that. Hmm. Yeah, so, but, you know, Scott was, man, Scott, like, he always knew. You weak like sin. Yeah, he's the man with that. Like, honestly, I'm not trying to blow Scott up, but his discernment is, like, off the charts, bro. I just looked at him he just shakes his head, man, he'll come at me. But I remember when I got out of jail, I, when I talked to them, I go, hey, man, I messed up. This is going on. I'm far out now. But here I am, you know. I don't know. Like, I'm trying. I don't know what to do. And Scott sees me. He goes, come here. I'm like, what's up? And he hugs me. I love you. I'm like, huh? He goes, what? But that's it. He goes, right now's the time to love you. There's times for correction, but right now you need, you need to be loved. Mm-hmm. And I like that. That's like, I think that was like the, like, man, like he, Sean really, at that moment, he showed me how much he really did care for me and loved me. You know, and I betrayed his trust a lot. I betrayed the trust of many people I did by doing those things. And, you know, it's something I had to earn back for many, you know. Um, but, What's interesting is that I learned a lot in that. You know, I learned how to forgive. And and the like when Scott said we in the wilderness. On the wilderness, um, I started asking God to teach me to forgive the guy who killed my brother. That's mm-hmm. where I started first. Because that's what spiraled down a lot. And when that happened, it's like, all right, God, I forgive him, but but you call me to love him. 
but teach me to like him first. And so I started, you know, a lot of that. And so I had to start with that first, man, that. Because that was like embedded in my heart, that hate again. And, you know, God always showed me that. One thing I love is like in John 13, he says, you know, that saying I put into his heart to be trained, but yet Jesus invited him to the table. Mm-hmm. And I kept asking God, give me that love for that guy that you give me, that you showed Judas. Mm-hmm. And to this day, man, um, you know, I pray for his salvation now. That's where I'm at with him. I can honestly say that I, I have love for the guy who killed my brother. I do love him. I don't wish him bad. I don't. I pray for his protection. Um, and, but this is all the stuff I learned in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. What's God says, what are you going to do in the wilderness? You know, I had to learn to forgive. I had to learn how to apologize mm-hmm. to a lot of people. You know, and those are some of the things that I've learned. And, and I remember one day, uh, even in my struggling, I would always look for the brothers that were leave, left the church. They left. And like one day I just called my boy Adam, where you at? And we met at Golden Springs. Hey, let's do this, man. I'm tired. And I haven't looked back since, but I'm just on fire for the Lord, serving him. Is that Adam at uh, nonstop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just recently got married yeah. and they got a kid on yeah. the way, right? Am I right yeah. about that? I think they just had a no. kid. No? No, it's on the way, right? Okay. <laughs> That's so, beautiful. You know, so all this is going on. And now, you know, with Mikey meeting up with him, he's like, bro, I don't know what to do. Where do we start? We started getting coffee. Started getting coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie taught me how to drink coffee the right way, bro. But, um, you know, I've always said this, man. Uh, I love pal. For being married together, like she sacrificed a lot. Not on her time away from her husband, so I can get the help that I needed. And that means the world. Wow. That means a lot, bro. Hmm? That means a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a strong marriage. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a an unrecognized sacrifice of a woman. By many people, except very few. Mm-hmm. I'd say Freddie's probably. Uh, I'm not gonna. Uh, I briefly tee up. I'm. Not, I prob. I'm probably one of the most difficult tasks of her life because. Um, I'm. I'm not an easy person. Just period. And then, uh, the calling right. And Freddie was there arm in arm. Uh, with me through what was one of the toughest times of her life and he seemed to be the only person who was aware that it was a tough time for her and uh, because of all the sacrifices she made for me to do what what God had called me to do and uh, I had I we I've shared this before. I shared this in a couple of our segments. We were talking about marriage and stuff. 
and I talked about how tough our first two years of marriage were, um, the early parts of our marriage. And I remember uh, having a real unplugged conversation with Powell where I just was looking at her and I had tears in my eyes and I was like, I, I, I don't, I'm torn because I, I know that ministry is hard and I, I don't know how to walk away from people like who are hurting and uh that was tough dude it was it was, um and not nobody knew that how how hard that was um but he did for some weird um discernment discerning reason and he always let my wife know that he knew but not in a way that was intrusive of like oh i know i know you don't you just he just knew that she was bearing um, a weight that nobody knew about, you know, because she has such a, a self-control when it comes to being a complainer or outwardly saying, you know, or, or never, never made me look bad. Uh, never call, you know, you know, you see wives and they're always like looking at their husband like, are we done yet or not? Never, never did that stuff to me. But Freddie knew, dude, that she was carrying a big weight, and that weight would become uh, a strain. Um, um, and God had to change a lot of things in my life and in her, not ministry-wise, just understanding-wise. Um, but I thank you for sharing that, bro. And I want you to know that uh, with all the self-control that i have with holding my emotions bro i like that means a lot to me bro because um because my wife is me so what she carries i carry and vice versa and that was uh there's i can't even go into everything bro there's so much there's so much when when you're walking the illustration i could give when you're when you're hiking a mountain and you're with a person that feels weary a few steps up the mountain. And they're like down to go the whole ride with you. Um, and only God knows like how difficult that can be. Um, and I, I couldn't ask God for a better wife for for how she has always stood by my side like never turned on me with the perplexity that she was under the the things that she was carrying never never turned and aimed her her anger towards me always just stood by my side so that's tremendous what you just shared, bro. Like, uh, and it's and it's huge when it comes to the topic of marriage. Um, you know, because you hear all the stuff, dude. You hear like, oh yeah, you know, like men can become prideful in ministry. Like, I do. Do my wife knows this is what I'm called to do, and you know, it's who I am, and all that. But so, words like that can overlook the weight that a woman can carry. You know, in a in a marriage, when it comes to a man who has a calling like that, and uh, 
So I pray for my brothers who have callings and their wives, dude. And I just know, Freddie, that, you know, when, when, when God brings you that person, <laughs> you know. Mm. But anyways, I, I, I derailed. I derailed no, on in my personal story, dude. Um, <laughs> so you guys were doing ministry together at Calvary Chapel Hollywood. Yeah. And that's kind of where we leave off now. As you, you're doing ministry there, um, what, what do you see God doing? Is that, is, that's not where you're at anymore, though. No. Yeah, I'm kind of curious because, like, you, he bloomed, you know, he, he bloomed. I don't want to, no, I'm not trying I'm, to puff you up, no, but it's important. Not. You know, he bloomed into the evangelist, bro. Like, you know, you see it there in that jail cell he's talking about. And I know he's not trying to brag about that story. That's just what happened. And then the next chapter that would come that would follow after the wilderness would become, a, a, until this day, it's evangelism and, and working with youth. Um, and I, I am curious, too, because, like, those years that we served together, evangelism was never calculated with Freddie. Like, I've seen people do evangelistic groups, right, where they, like, get a group together and they have a little talk ahead of time and say, hey, we're going to go over here to this place. And when approaching people, you know, we, we'd like you to start with this. Never, never that, bro. Never, I'm talking us being at coffee houses and uh, I'm talking us being at restaurants where waitresses are crying hmm. and telling their story we're at a frozen yogurt place and we're sitting there dude and the girl that's working out on the counter young girl maybe like 13 14 no she's 16 okay she looked really young yeah she obviously is working there she kind of been 13 (laughs) she's like uh, but she like we're sitting there and freddie's like there's something going on in that girl's life and i and i had and i had a similar feeling like mm. something like something's going on but the specifics like he walks up like like no script bro like and he's like you know the lord loves you i don't remember exactly how he started the conversation but then he says to her and you may have been hurt in your life you know maybe you don't even, maybe you don't have your dad maybe he starts saying things bro and this girl just staring at him dude just tears just start falling out of rise and that would become a regular like us being places and evangelism would just be like we go to coffee houses like what's up to where the person's gay bro that owns a coffee house like you know flamboyant outspoken about their homosexuality and all of a sudden freddie's like no small talking with them starts saying things dude you see this person just like just penetrating power of the Holy Spirit in people's lives, bro. Like where it isn't even a discussion about homosexuality or nothing like that. It's about God and his love and how God loves you and watching people like be impacted. And that started to become like, was evangelism always in your heart, bro? Did that start there? Or I remember seeing it, but I don't know if that existed the same way before or is that just what grew from all this trial that you went through? Well, evangelism is something, um, I don't know if you guys remember Ruben, um, moved to Arizona. I was walking, going to the youth there, and he goes, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, what's up? He's like, you want to go with us? I'm like, go where? He goes, evangelizing. I'm evangelizing. I don't even know what that means. But I went. And, man, it was the most discouraging thing ever in my life. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, God is like, yeah, whatever. People walk away. I'm like, yeah, like what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, like oh Jesus is like yeah, whatever. People walk away now. I'm like, I'm like this is what is this? You know, like, and 
I go like that. I don't know what's going on, but I need some kind of sign that you're here with me or something. And <clears throat> as I said that, there's this guy that we're talking to, and he moves, and I see a white dove in a cage. So I'm like, okay, I've heard the dove being. Wait, literally, there was a white dove yeah. there, though. Okay. okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, I came from the sky, came down, you know. <laughs> Oh goodness! <laughs> but he was in a cage. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, so there, he moves in there. There's literally a white dove right there. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so what's gonna happen through here? So then they share with that guy. That guy accepts the Lord. Mm. And I'm like, okay. Then we go. We're walking. The next person willing to listen. I'm like, this is a change in events. Okay, so we're going. And people are listening now, and they're open to it. And then when we're done, we're getting ready to leave. I never said one thing. And this guy's walking. And the girl goes, your turn. She pushed me, and I almost fell into the guy. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, God loves you. He goes, huh? I don't know, man. God loves you, bro. I'm like, man, I was a crackhead, bro. But I'm, God saved me from that. He loves you. But it's not only the being, being like, drug addict, any sin in your life, he'll forgive you. Do you want God in your life? He goes, yeah. Hey, guys, what am, he said, yeah, what do I do? <laughs> so, okay. You're yeah. like, yeah, give your life to the Lord. What but, do we do next? Yeah, yeah and then you had to call people's help over. They say this guy, leave this guy. And say, oh, so, yeah. but, but evangelism, evangelism um, becomes a part of your life. Like, not even just like you're going with the evangelistic group. Just a part of your life. Yeah. Just, and um, go ahead. Um, and so with all that going in, when I finally getting baptized, and right after I got baptized by Greg Torres, he baptized me. And um, man, that's messed up. I can't think of his name right now. He passed away not too long ago. The older gentleman. Mm-hmm, can't think of his name. He used to teach at Downey, I think. Oh, uh, uh, wait, 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 wait. He likes the Philadelphia Eagles. I know that for sure. Uh, Abel. Abel. Yeah. Ooh, I'm so glad I remembered that right now. Mm-hmm. Dude, baptized me. And then, Greg's on, is there anything you wanted? You're asking God. And I just thought about that kid that I shared with. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I do. He goes, what? I just want to tell people about God. That's it. I just want that. And I go, so you mentioned the word evangelism. You know, so you don't get the evangelism. At your baptism. Mm-hmm. That's wild. And my grandma, my mom, my dad, my older brother were there, my sister, my stepdad. And it was funny that after the baptism, we go home. And my mom was being weird. And I'm not looking, it was like, me who come here, and I'm like, man, get away from me. I'm thinking she's probably drunk or high, literally. And I told her, I was like, this bro, he's always wrong. Like, I don't know, something's wrong with my mom. I don't know if she's high or what. But just get out of here. And then we're just driving. We don't even know what we're doing, bro. That day, we're just driving and just bumping worship. And the rhythm looks like, 
I'm like, dude, bro, you look goofy. <laughs> he goes, you should see your look on your face. You look goofy, too. And I'm like, and I'm like, on the phone, Mom, can I ask you a question? Did you say that prayer? She goes, yeah, I'm trying to tell you. Goes, I said, the girl, but you don't listen. And then, you know, I'm like, oh. <laughs> And so that right there just gave me a hunger, dude. Like, you know, you grow up losing so many friends and not knowing who made it to heaven. I can't think of many. I can't think of many of my friends. No, no, really not many. Like, you know, like 50 something people have lost in my life. I can't think of that many that were in heaven. Of course, we'll find out, you know, but that alone just gave me a heart, you know, to want to tell people about God. See, like, there's not so much to get, but God has told me, do the work in an evangelist. So now we always tell people about God. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's where it came from, the fact that. Urgency in your heart. Urgency. Urgency. You see people. They need the Lord. Yeah. And I remember those, there's a lot, I mean, skaters. That's like, okay, like circling this back to like the opening part of the conversation. We're in Hollywood during Hollywood. Mm-hmm. We're like, Lord, we want to go out and reach. We're on the streets. We're doing all this stuff for what we're trying to do in Hollywood. And then out of nowhere, like in the middle of all that we're trying to do, like during service, you just hear clack, clack, clack. Yeah, exactly. During church, and Freddie's always taking the role of, you know, he he is like a watchman at church, and he looks, you know, if anybody's shady or anything. And out out in in the property of where we had our church is a is a famous skate spot, and it's famous because on one of the magazines of Thrasher, one of the famous skaters in like the 90s uh he does an acid drop which is like a a a move where you jump off of high with your board under your feet in in that area i learned this i didn't know anything about this stuff i learned this while i was there and that made like the cover and it and, and it ended up becoming like a skate spot like all the dudes who come from other places mid states when they come to la hollywood area they skate. It's got the traditional, like the early Z boys would do these moves on the slopes, and it's got the traditional, like at the top of a fence, like here's a fence, and then the cement slopes down after the fence, and then this is where they skate. So they could do these moves where like they go up and it's like a ramp, and then they jump up. They kind of jump off of the gates, or they jump. They acid drop from off of the fence down on that little slope, and they get like a run. Mm-hmm. It's just like. It also has these notorious, iconic little benches. They're they're like children's benches, and so they're like super low. So they make for amazing photography there. Like you get these crazy like moves, and they do hmm. shoot it from low angles. And this was a skate spot, and we were trying to do all this stuff in Hollywood to reach the lost. And these kids were just coming, and Freddie just started building relationships with them. So much so, one of them, Tom Rohr. who's hopefully a person we'll get on the show recently, 
he be, that's a conversation Freddie had with him mm. for him to get right with the Lord. Um, and any story you want to share, I don't know, but he, he starts skating and then skating with these kids. <laughs> that's where the Instagram video comes in. <laughs> that's where that's where all that came from. Yeah. So, and not going to to that that um, they start skating right. So. I ended up having a hip replacement, though. But that's something that goes way back since I was a kid. I just, um, so I get the hip replacement. I'm stubborn, bro. For I go to, um, when I got my hip replacement, I couldn't walk good. So I ended the stairs in Hollywood, so I didn't want to chance it. So I go, I'm going to go to La Habra with the wheel might have been using the worship. So I go, and I'm sitting there. <clears throat> I'm just sitting there like, that's cool. But, I seen a kid who had a messed up board, and I gave him a board. And, and then um, Russell, that's his name, Russell. I love that kid, man. And uh, he goes, what's up? Oh, what's up? He goes, can you? I'm like, what, can you tell? <laughs> like, so we built mm-hmm. up. And we just talked, bro. We talked, and we talked, and he goes, hey, can you come back in the next service after? Yeah, I'll come back. I think it was on Wednesday. Come back Wednesday. So I went back. He talked, but he started introducing me to all the kids. Oh, this is Freddy. And I remember that night I went home, trying to go to sleep, and I couldn't go to sleep. So I started praying for all the kids that he introduced me to. And I'm like, man. But I kept going, I kept going, and then they put um, a video, and I'm like, on for a mission trip, and my heart started beating, bro. Mm. Like, man, Lord, what's going on? Like, if you want me to go on this mission trip, you gotta get me off my crutches before the month ends. And sure enough, I was on my crutches like three days. So I went on the mission trip to Panama. Oh, all those relationships I built in the skateboard industry, like. One guy goes, hey, what do you do on Instagram? He asked me. He goes, I just reach kids, man. I'm trying to talk about the Lord. He goes, all right. If you need anything, call me. <coughs> so I go, hey, man, this is so-and-so. He goes, what's up, man? He's like, anything else I'm here from you. And I go, yeah, I'm going on a mission trip. And there's a bunch of skaters there that he doesn't like because they say they destroy everything. I come to the shop, and this is pawn shop in Covina. So I went and gave him a bunch of clothes for the guys. A bunch of clothes I hear about what I Nothing, you don't know me nothing, bro. Cool, bought boards, everything. The town sponsor, he asked me my story. I shared with him my testimony. He was, man, he hooked me up with a lot of boards, like a lot. So went came back and I'm like alright alright guys I'll see you guys I'm gonna go back to Hollywood so one night at church at Golden Springs I'm trying to do a trick and right like four months into my surgery and I broke break my fever oh, in half bro dude <laughs> snap bro dude snap this fever that thing cracked huh? I heard it freaking it was I wasn't there but I heard that it I heard it they're like dude am I like Lisa and Sean were outside from Lisa and um, Detroit. They were outside. I'm like, hey, 
He caught it. I believe that white that broke my femur. How do you know? And I put my leg there, and it just. Oh <laughs> man! <my> gosh. <laughs> so I'm out, and he get my board because you know the the um, the, the drain about the playground. Make sure my board don't fall. That's all I cared about. Mm-hmm. And you had at at this point like. You built, like, a relationship with the skate community, right? I mean, you had, like, kids. I remember, I'd be, like, they, they like, people in the skate community knew him. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm talking, like, big stuff because we did an event in Hollywood, and he was always there. And that's where all skaters were, and they knew who he was, bro. Like, yeah. they, they knew who he was from the relationships he built with certain people. And uh, it was crazy how God opened up that door for you to meet so many skaters and become a part of the skate community so quickly. Um, and uh, that was a trip, bro. And then and then you became a skater, and then you did it for, like, a short time, and then you broke your femur. Mm. <laughs> and it was like, all right, maybe I shouldn't be a skater, bro. But you stayed. Now, you're, now you've made the transition. Okay, when you went back to Hollywood, though, you're, the Lord was very clear. Like, this is the door I'm opening to you, and this is where I'm taking you. And you became a part of Calvary Chapel, La Habra, right? Yeah. Mm. And in La Habra, the is your the skating relationships continued, but also that's where you meet like a lot of the get involved in the youth there a lot, right? Yeah. Which brings a lot full circle too, because if you remember earlier, he's talking about his heart for the youth, um, way back um, in Golden Springs, and then at his baptism, there's the prayer. Uh, he just wants to reach people for God, but there's the prayer where it's like uh, prayer for you to become an evangelist. And then again, evangelism isn't something that you're like, oh, I have this gift. You're just like, I love people. Mm-hmm. I just want to have an urgency because of how many people I've lost without the Lord. I'm just trying to give a, a timeline on your story for everybody. Um, you see the evangelism come full circle through the Lord and the way he's reaching people. And mo- mostly built the people that were coming in Hollywood. And then God takes him to La Habra um, and gets involved in children's ministry. You see this full circle when you look at it from a bird's eye view of the purification process, the tugging in his heart for children, the evangelism gift that God gave him as they prayed for him. And now, what are you up to right now, Freddie? It's not- <laughs> right now I'm just, just serving and I'm going to church and I got kind of I've been going to my friend's gym boxing gym and that's brutal because you don't care if I have a broken leg bro <laughs> has that I'm curious has that has that sparked an interest in your heart like okay so we meet Tom Rohr and, and the skaters in Hollywood and that sparks an interest in the skate world and you become a part of the skate world for a season do you feel like an interest in the boxing world at all, or no? That's just. I'm I'm going just so. I'm going for the. Training and so just to get, get some exercise. And I haven't worked out in 25 now, years, bro. The guy, the how did you hear about somebody at church invited you, or is that how did you hear about <coughs> the boxing gym you've been going to? To the youth that we serve with, they, okay. they have, the dad been training them since they're like five years old. Little beast, bro. You know. Yeah. Cool mm-hmm. little kids, man. Um, you know, I love them, bro. Uh, yeah, like I said, wow. I always tell the kids, man, I love you guys. I don't love you more than any any other kids. I love you guys all the same, you know. Mm-hmm. So don't think just because I might talk to you a little bit more that I I, I love you more than the next one because it's not like that, you know. Mm-hmm. 
but it's just that you come to me, so I take the time to talk to you, you know, so, but uh, I asked the dad, like, hey, man, when do they spar, you know? Oh, come check it out. I went, and then he's over here doing some e-raises. I'll come here, try it, let's see. And I'm like, try to do three rounds, hurting. Three knee raises, and he always gave me 15. I'm like, what? So he made me, he started putting me to work out right there after work. I'll come back tomorrow, okay? So I've just been going back. It's been like two months. There's something awesome about, I, I, I love boxing. I love, that's probably my favorite sport. Um, there's something awesome um, about the discipline um, that it takes. And a good trainer, I'm not going to spiritualize boxing, but a good trainer, uh, he pours into somebody by pushing them. And there's something beautiful about that. Like, And there's also um, victory that you find when you're bringing your body into submission because your body is the one with all the appetites. And when you're forcing your body into submission, um, you find that the Lord gives you strength in, in, in having self-control physically. And I just think it's awesome that it isn't just like boxing came up like, oh, I think I'm going to... But like a brother in the Lord, like a couple young kids part of your ministry and then i see your videos i'm like i want to get in there so bad like i <laughs> i love it i'm like i tell Paul, i'm like hey just just let you know when i'm done with when i'm done with the uh, union school i'm gonna join a little boxing gym and she's just like <laughs> <laughs> me and mike were shoveling wood chips one day for our buddy nick dude and he's like see this work right here this will keep you regular <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. I think, oh, I think hard work is important. I was just talking to my friend Carlos. Carlos came over my pad. You know Carlos, the barber. Mm -hmm. He came over my pad. And we had dinner, and he was telling me about a book he was reading. And uh, this author was saying one of his instructions, because he's kind of like an author uh, discipling men, just mostly just to be men. Um, but in one of his chapters, the chapter's titled uh, "Do Something Hard." Mm. Um, and, and that covers a array of things that are hard because some things are hard for you mentally or it's, but it is important for people to do things that are um, difficult for them because it helps you discipline your body. And I, I, like, I'm telling you, I watch the little videos. It's it just the improvement from one speed bag video to another. I'm like, dude, this is sick. Like, um, but I, I do pray. I know, I know you're just going there just, just, you know, um, but I do pray that the Lord opens up doors for you to and also I don't want to let this go Freddie's an amazing photographer so mm -hmm. um, if you check out his Instagram I'm not like plugging your Instagram or nothing but if you check out his Instagram a lot of the photos and stuff that we took or that he took when we were in Hollywood or uh, the youth things that he, he does uh, I think that's something God could really use bro I always plug that in your brain like I think <laughs> you're a great photographer naturally because it's not classes it's not a camera that he has it's just like an eye for this stuff and uh, I've got a question for you Freddie what do you think right now with the youth like I, obviously I, I feel like you're going to tell me you need to love them but how, how can we better reach the youth right now I think in this day and age like how are you doing it right now man um, reaching the youth I think it's not so much as just, um, I think it's being honest with them, bro. Just being honest with them, like, because 
the world is trying to do something. But a lot of men not really hearing the truth. So I'm like straight up with them. Hey man, you think what you're doing is good or what? And all oh, you don't understand. I, I do understand, but I'm asking you, you know, like what what is that? So my thing is just not looking down on them only just because they're kids, but meeting them where they're at. Mm. You know, we come all things to them. Um, there's times like I go and I just sit on the floor with them, and I just sit there with them. Like we just sometimes we just sit there. Hey, we're gonna go skate. You wanna go? Yeah, I'll go. I'll take pictures. Oh, let's go. And hey, we're gonna go here. Yeah, let's go. You know what I mean? So I told them once, look, man. I tell the kids this. I understand that I serve here, the church, but I'm not. I'm not just your leader. I'm a friend, and some people don't want to be. Some people want to just be a leader, their leader. But Jesus Himself says that He is our friend. Hmm. You know, if you do what I ask you, then no longer you're my servant, you're my friend. Dang, He does say that. <laughs> so. I don't. I hear out the kids, bro. I just hear them. You know, like I said, I, I watch them in the streets. I reach out to them. And I go, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? And I, th- I think a lot of people avoid the kids, bro, these days. A lot of kids are running wild. But I think there's not too many people wanting to reach them because it's like, Man, many believers are getting comfortable. Mm. You know, um, it's like that verse that says, um, he was forgiven much, loves much, but who is forgiven little, loves little. Sometimes they say, oh, it's because of everything you've been through, everything you've done in your life, the sins you committed. It's not why I love. I love because I know what I was forgiven of. I was on my way to hell. It doesn't matter how many times I lied. It doesn't. We were born sinners. But I understand what he was. He forgave me of. And he forgave me of damnation in hell forever. That's why I choose to love people. That's why I choose to be around the kids. That's why I choose to be around the youngsters. You know, I see my daughter, bro. And, man, I hurt my daughter in many ways by the life I lived. And I think it's just God replenishing that, but I missed out and restoring the years that I lost to be able to point to other kids now. Mm. And I think that's um, I'm reaching kids, bro. Just, hey, man, what's up, bro? How you doing? I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Remember we're at Bun Street? Oh, um, Bun Street, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, check out these kids. I'm going to go talk to them real quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing, bro? You know? The bun shop. The yeah. Bu- the bun shop. Yeah. That's, yeah shout talking. out bun shop, dude. That place is bomb. Is that in Covina? No, that's in, that's in Hollywood. Yeah, K-Town. Mm. K-Town. Mm-hmm. Bomb, bro. I'll take you sometime. Bun shop. Fire. <laughs> but yeah, we, we kids outside. Taking pictures because outside, that was one of the earlier um, paintings that some of the local artists that were like local celebrities, though, did some of those wings on a wall. You know, oh, those, okay. you know how people yeah, like yeah. to... 
Um, and so those walls are, but they were skaters and they just happened to stop there. And Freddie, like, oh, we're, we're all like at a tape. This is just a little glimpse of what goes on with this guy when we go out. We're like all sitting down, like eating our food, talking. And it's like, it's like all of a sudden I lose him. Like we're talking. He's like, <laughs> like, and there, and like I look over at what he's looking at. And there's like these kids that look like they just kind of stopped where they're at. They have the skateboards in their hand. And I'm like, it's that's it. Like dinner's over. Like this is no longer matters. Yeah. And he goes outside and I just go with him and stuff. And, um, and that just start talking to those kids, man. And you, you then exchange like uh facebook with them or whatever instagram with them and then like that's how they get to know him too mm. like yeah i always tell the kids man here's my instagram bro follow me you got anything man and they do huh they yeah. and they'll hit you up direct messages and stuff yeah so do you don't it doesn't seem like you're planning like or like constantly thinking like okay like I got to plan how I'm going to like talk to someone today it just you just see it god opens the door and you go for it huh that's it, bro. It's just, I don't know, man. Just, I find like dumbest things, bro, would try to like throw God in there. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, bro. It's like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, um, I'll give you an example. One day, like, this guy walks up, like, what's up, Charlie? He goes, like, how do you know my name? I'm like, God knows all things, bro. God knows your name. Mm. But the thing is, is your name in the book of life? He goes, what? He goes, yeah, we died tonight when you been having her house. He goes, but how do you know my name? God knows your name. That's what matters. But your name in the book of life. And he was like, you know, so that's, I don't know. I just opened up stuff yeah. like that. Game to this. How, how did you know, I know, how how did you know his name, bro? <laughs> his name was on this clipboard right here. <laughs> <laughs> Open door, open That's window the best, of opportunity. Bro. He still doesn't know, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to that kid if you're watching this podcast. <laughs> so, That's dope, dude. But, you know. Yeah, see, you don't, you can't teach that stuff in a class. Like, hey, when approaching a kid, like, mm -hmm. it's just like you either have a heart. You're you're either eating tacos at the bun shop, and that's what you're doing. <laughs> And then some noise goes by outside and you're doing what you're doing. Or what you, who you are is looking for who God wants to reach and you just happen to be at the bun shop today. And I want to make that absolutely clear that that is a difference. Like, he, like, if I invite Freddie to come eat with me at three in the morning because I got off the night shift and I'm hungry because I didn't need anything, and he goes and meets me there, it's not because he's hungry, bro. Like, I know that. Like, it's because there might be an important conversation, because he's going to pray for me, or because there might be something that I say to him that's important, or while we're there, there might be somebody outside going to, you know. But we just happen to be at norms because it's 24 hours, or we just happen to be uh, whatever, what have you. Like, again, we're at the bun mm -hmm. shop, or uh, what was it called again? <laughs> Bun Street? Bun, Bun. <laughs> I just shouted them out. I forgot what they were. Bun Street? Bun, Bun no, shot. Bun Street. Bun shot. Bun shot. Bun yeah, Bun Bun <laughs> I forget. It, it is irrelevant, though, because, again, that's not why we were there. Right? Mm. Uh, it's the Bun Shop. It's the Bun Shop. 
Yeah. <laughs> shout out. Shout out. <laughs> wow. So uh, you, now you're serving at, at uh, Calvary Chapel, La Habra. Um, do you think you found home? Home is when you get to heaven, huh, bro? Yeah. <laughs> um, do I feel like I'm at home? Or do you think you're, you're, you think God's going to take you places yet? Like, you think you're done? Like, this is like, not done, but like in the sense of like, you know what, this is where I, I'm going to try to stay here for a bit? Or do you see yourself already? God's like, put it in your heart. You're going to go to Africa next year or something. <laughs> What's going on? That's funny you say that because I was just talking about, to someone about maybe going on a mission trip to Africa. But, um. Blow your mind. And my thing is, I'm open to whatever. Mm. Like, Golden Spring was my church. My heart's still with Golden Springs. I learned so much right there through Dale and David too, the Sean and Scott, all these guys. You know, they they raised me. Mikey, all these guys, Eddie Sahaki, and, you know, like, these guys raised me, bro. In the church, and they seen my worst and my everything you know so that that to me my heart will all be there La Habra my, do I love it yeah, of course I love La Habra bro it's um dude, but I was sharing with some kid we're at the beach and I go you know what the kid goes I'm glad you're here mom I'm glad I met you just know that I'm blessed by knowing you and know that I love you and then we're talking, he goes, I could just know one thing, though, man. You got to ever call me, I'm leaving. Even though as much as I love you, it'll be hard for me to leave. I'll go. Mm-hmm. And the little girl goes, one of the little girl goes, you can't go. We love you. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, that's what you feel, and then pray. That's kind of not to take me nowhere. But it's up to God. Yeah. Um. Pastor Dale said, don't hold on to something too tight. You cannot let go. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> and another thing off the back that I always got is um, Pastor always said, man, learn what you could hear and leave. Take it with you mm. and go. Sure did, didn't he? And, and that just stood in my heart. Train up and go. Like all right, so I went, bro. I just go and it's like, was uh, Philip? Yep. You know, the, with the Ethiopian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it, bro. Philip oh. had a dope ministry, in parentheses, dope ministry. God called him to, to, the desert, for mm-hmm. one man. And that story always trips me out, bro. Because he was somebody. And God uprooted him and sent him to where he was nobody. That Ethiopian didn't know him from nobody, bro. But there, that Ethiopian man who was crying out to the Lord, God heard him and he was like, I got somebody for you. He sent Philip over there. And, and you know, the story, it's it's that long you know but but uh we don't know how long that road was and how long he was out there before he came across that ethiopian but we do know when god was done and when god said for him to go that the lord snatched him up too so Mm -hmm. that's there's something about that when you ask people 
servants of God, where they're going or, or you know, how long or there's always that element, you know, mm. but it's kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. Want to take a break? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Mm-hmm. What? What are you thinking? I, I was just, like, I felt like God told me, like, you need to ha- have Mike meet up with Betty. I was like, right? Like, I just felt that. Like, I was like, Mike and Betty need to hang out, dude. Because I was, I was going to hit up somebody else. I can't remember who was kind of on my mind. Mm. And then I was just like, I kind of was like, okay, we'll put Freddie somewhere in the mix. And then I was like, nah, like, make Freddie need to hang out. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of backstory. I mean, we're touching on some stuff, but there's a lot, bro. Yeah. You know? Sorry, sorry. No, you're good. Um, yeah. I, I was just telling Mike right now, I was like, dude, you know what's crazy? He's like, so we're trying to think sometimes of like, who, who can we bring on to like talk to you? And um, Mike brought your name up, and I was like, "Yeah, I think we, we'll we'll do Freddie. We'll get him in some soon." But I just felt like um, I felt like God was just like pushing my heart, like you need to, like Mike and Freddie need to kind of meet up. And I was like, "Okay, cool." Like, so I told Mike, I was like, "Hey, hit up Freddie," and uh, I just want you to know, like, dude, up. It's funny we we go to church, we minister alongside other people. And we think we know, like, oh, yeah, that's Freddie. He does this and that. But it's like we, we have no idea sometimes of what God's doing in other people's lives. Or who they are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, sh- the stuff that you shared just with us right now, it's, like, powerful. It's a powerful testimony. I want to ask you. Hey, before you get into okay, your yeah, last yeah, question, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just want to share with you something, bro, like, um, there were seasons while I was out there, bro, that I felt like I had nobody, bro. Um, piggybacking off of what he just said, like, you, you, th- you may think you know people. You have no idea, like, what they're carrying. And the biggest struggle that I had in that chapter was I felt like only God knew how much this was costing and only God knew how I felt like I was out at shore, out at sea with, with no one, dude. And uh, it was crazy because uh, right now I'm teaching on Sunday morning. I teach my dad every Sunday. And uh, um, uh, I'm teaching in Philippians. And in Philippians, Paul talks about uh, sending Timothy at one point in chapter two and he says uh, he says I have nobody but Timothy who's like minded and that's a crazy statement because he has a lot of people that he's ministering to and that he knows but he says he has nobody who's like minded and uh when we met, when we spent time out there in Hollywood, bro, like I had gone through pastoral school, I had spoken in places where there were, you know, t- 
to be modest, eight eight hundred people. I had taught uh, New Thirst consistently, like other things I'd done. And you were a person who had gone through a really tough time recently, like in your walk, backslidden. But bro, like there was something out there that happened in Hollywood that you, like I felt like you were my only friend for a while, bro. And uh, I just want to thank you for being there, bro. You know, and you did a whole lot more than just help me set up. And I, I, I want you to know that, you know, and those meetings that we had, bro, like for court ordered, God was using those things in my life too, you know. So, I thank you for the for the seasons that God allowed us to serve together, and uh, for the lessons that I've learned in in sharing with you and from you, and the lessons that I get to learn in watching you from a distance, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I pray for you all the time, bro. I pray for you all the time, too. Bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what were you going to ask? Him, I, dude? I wanted to ask you, how can we pray for you, man? When you come to my mind, dude, what do you want me to be praying about? Just for the Lord to keep bringing people my way. Mm. Just to point them back to him. Say it, man. Um, and it sounds kind of like weird, but really, that's all I want to do is just tell people about that. Pray for my daughter, my granddaughter, um, her boyfriend, yeah, my daughter's boyfriend. Um, you know, just even just to pray for my singleness, bro. Too like I don't really share this, but yeah, I pray for my singleness because. <clears throat> I never want to go back to, to living in that fear of being alone. But I know that time will come, you know, when God brings that person. But just to continue, you know, just to press forward and just loving people, bro. That's it. Just to teach me to keep loving. That's all, man. I just want to love people. And so that's something I couldn't do before. Even when I knew, when I when I love people I didn't know how but just to continue to teach me through his word and how to love people no matter where they're at in their life that really is like that's really like the main thing for me just to love Mm. just to keep growing in my love for people Mm. that's powerful yeah it's just I don't know it's crazy yeah. For sure, man. We love you, Freddie. I want you to know that. We love you from the bottom of our heart. That, that was awesome what you shared. Um, I think Mike, I think you should pray for Freddie, bro. 100. I'd love to, bro. Can I well, share one thing? Yeah. yeah, please do. I want to share a story because this goes back to the, my day one when he said that he'll make people and all, you know. And, and I remember laughing at him. And God and God is faithful to keep his promises. And one day I was driving and my friend Gisela texted me, an old friend tells her friend, she knows how bad I was. And she texts us like, man, I just want to say I'm in awe of what God is doing in your life. And I had to pull over, I couldn't see, bro. I just started crying. 
But the reason why I bring that up is because there's always doubt, you know, in people's hearts that God can't transform you. God can't do certain things in your life. But in the book of Habakkuk, it says, look amongst the nations, thou do a work in you that even if I showed you, you would not believe. That's one of the promises to give you day one. If you would have told me my best friend, one of my best friends will be black, boy Dougie, <laughs> I would have laughed that God would bring man um, a guy like Adam in my life. My, you know, he's like just like my brother Louis that passed away. You know, things like that. Like, it's not to doubt God. You know, just God knows what we need, but it's all in His timing. Mm. And that's something I just want to share with people that. Like God, God doesn't forget about us. Because I know there's those moments that we feel like you forgot about us. Mm. And I, I, you know, I, I go through that. You know, so there's just people in your lives that will come into your life and those people that will never leave. You know, so you know, I have the Reyes family. Um, they've been a big part of my life. And my brother's dad, they were there when I didn't even know them. They were there at the funeral. So God will always bring that person, someone. But I always still look to him, you know, in prayer. Hmm. Right on, dude. Right. right on. Let's pray, bro. Huh? Allow me the, the honor and privilege of lifting you up this evening, bro. Father, I lift up Freddie to you, and I thank you for his life. I thank you for the work that you've done in him, Lord, all this way that you brought him. And yet I know, Lord, that as much as he's shared and as much as some people know, that nobody knows like you do. Nobody knows like you. And I just pray, Lord, that in every single square of his heart, Lord, in every inch of who he is, that you would place your hands on him. And that you would always remind him, Lord, of the plan that you have. I pray for him, Lord, for, for the anointing you've placed on his life and the calling you put in his heart. For the truth, Lord, that Freddie doesn't belong to an organization or a group, but he belongs to you, God. And what you'll do with his life and what you have with his life, Lord. We always know that we could trust. We could trust you with, with your plans for his life. As I pray for him, I lift up to you, Lord. His, his battles that he's in in his mind. And the way the enemy tries to whisper. I pray that you would break down any barrier that's ahead of him, Lord, for the things that you have for him. I pray that you open up many doors, many more doors, Lord, with the urgency that you place in his heart for people to know who you are. His life is a true testament, Lord, to how your strength is made perfect in our weakness.
and a true testament of how you can use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I pray for the moments, Lord, that he feels that he stands alone. For the moments, Lord, that he longs to have somebody stand by his side. And in those chapters, Lord, I pray that you give him a peace. I thank you for bringing him this far. I thank you for the blessing he's been in my life. And I trust that he'll continue to be impactful in many others. And I pray specifically, Lord, even to those who you send him to, that they may teach him further. That those teachers would learn unique lessons from his life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Brady.